Magoni's a goal scorer. What about Dante? Dante's his own breed. Give me two seconds, Eichel and Svetch, and I'll be coming at your neck. Richard Zednick, laugh past the breadstick, or Tammy will bury. Send him on his merry way, lest it's on carry. What's sadder than KK's broken spleen? Leafs fan with hopes and dreams. Rick Moose is back for season three with hot takes like you wouldn't believe. I'll block shots. I rescind that. You've never blocked a shot for me. Now let's turn it over to the host of the show. His character's high, but his skill level's low. Kid back checks like you don't even know. Championship flow, Jonathan Quick is a schmo. Yeah. Oh, hello there. Tis the season. Last year was like treason. Stanley Cup, or like a COVID cup. The year of Cooper was more a big blooper, like Ferris Bueller in a brand new cruiser. Now my car is a star, moves like a sports car He can sauce like a boss and crisscross like Art Ross He's peanut butter smooth like Quinn Hughes And a work of art like that upstart Carter Hart Mmm, that's good kokanee right there So in comes Keith, will the boys be Leaf? Can Jumbo Joe and Austin Smoe avoid another repeat? It's time to start the show, so turn up the stereo Put your feet up, relax, enjoy a Bud Light Jack Greetings and salutations and welcome to season three, episode seven of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, an episodic podcast where two good buddies get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. Yeah, I am first. one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costu, along with my good buddy, Kyle Nice. Kyle, I simply ask on this cold thursday night albeit it's getting warmer here in uh, ontario um mm. how how is life for you right now oh my god such an emotional roller coaster L- let me ask you this i'm sure you've had this sensation before i'm sure we all have so you just get done a big interview a colossal interview and then you go through this emotional roller coaster of feeling good and then over analyzing and then feeling like shit and then going back to feeling good again and now I just don't know what to feel. So that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, on, I'm actually on a high point. So uh, hopefully I can keep that going for the whole show. <laughs> well, and, and I think our, uh, our guest this week might be able to lend you some advice, given he's got a myriad of experience in this pool. So without further ado, mm. welcoming back our good friend to the show, Joe from the bridge. Joe, how's it going uh, this uh, this Thursday evening for you? Oh, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's great to be back. Uh, the weather's getting warmer. Uh, daylight savings is still light at seven. Uh, the ha- the haps still suck. But uh, I will say to Kyle, uh, you know, I- I've-, I've been through the interview process last year. Me and Nick both have, trust me, and this roller coaster, it- it- it's like, it- for me, it was like an hourly thing. It was like up, yeah, down, up, down. It's like an EKG. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's- yeah. It basically mir- mirrors me when I'm watching the Leafs play. So right. I know how it feels, right. but, uh, you know, you, you know, you just got to like put it out of your mind and, uh, beer always helps. <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my solution. Beer I'll, always helps. I'll tell you what I had to go on. Like a, I had to go on a nine K walk just to stabilize today. Nine so K walk. Yeah. Cause I was just, over, I was sitting at home, not much to do at the time. Just yeah. overthinking like, fuck. I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of the house right now. Yeah. You right got to just keep walking and it's, God. uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's out of my hands now, right? 
Exactly. And now we can talk some hockey and, you know, forget about it for uh, for a couple of hours. And exactly. You, know, you can listen to the soothing sounds of Nick's voice. Right. Actually, you know, I, I got a question for you guys. You know, what's the most underrated beer probably of all time. And Andrew Bell might might know this. Nick, do you have any guesses Sleeman. here? It is Sleeman. Sleeman, it which one? Honey Brown or the, uh, the Honey Brown just, or the original? Just the, the original. Just, just the, original, the original, eh? I'll tell you what it is. What Not is only it? is it smooth, but it's it's uh it's what I like to call crispy, which mm-hmm. I describe as it tastes cold even though it's warm. Interesting. Like even when it's warm, it tastes like a fresh, crispy, cold beer. It's it's a crazy sensation. I, I can't find it with any other beer. It, it's it's amazing. Even yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah. even even MGD. Uh, that that to me well, has a similar effect. Okay, I have I, I had not much experience there. How about that? Oh, that's a good one. Um, but I don't know. I, M- MGD to me, if it if it gets cold, if it gets warm, uh, like it, it starts to taste. It's like a no way. Eh? Here's, uh, here's the here's the but, thing. I'll give Sleeman. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'll give Sleeman. I'm a big fan of the no label, just glass bottle. Like I like the yes. bottles. Classic it's just look. glass with a leaf, yeah. and I like that a lot. Classy. You know Classy what? You know what beer I've been uh, I've been getting into lately, simply because of the bottle design. You ever see the red stripe, the Jamaican beer? Comes yes, sir. With, like, little yes, sir. Oh, we those got are stories. some of my favorite. Those are some of my favorite. So like, we got it, stories about this. So in first year university in res, I bought a two, four of those because <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be the cool guy on the floor walking around with these stubble bottles. And and Kyle was so enamored by the design. And then he took a sip and he <laughs> spat it out immediately and said, Nick, <laughs> Nick this, this tastes like cough medicine. That's what he said. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the first I, I, time I'd ever seen one was was when Nick had it in res because he wanted to try it out. <laughs> I've been into I've been drinking Labatt like fifty recently just to go like a little bit grittier mm-hmm. and like I got to tell it's a, like yeah well not Labatt like even like grittier like Labatt fifty like this is like wow. what like old Canadian men who hate like on- hockey analytics drink I'm, I'm positive yeah. and like it, you know it's actually been a you know revelation for me it's a, it's a pretty decent beer I'll take it and I look I look I look badass drinking it right because you know no no one drinks Labatt wow. fifty. Now, so it's, 50, uh, 50 as in what? 50 calories or what's going on? I have no idea. It's just called. Uh, it's like in the, it's like I think that's the bottle. point. Yeah. I think the yeah, point is just the 50 cows. But um, regardless, we were speaking of beer. And this is kind of a mini topic before we jump into the lead. Um, yeah, yes. Joe and I were pounding a few back at this German restaurant in Kingston a couple weeks ago. And uh, one of our friends, I don't know, like. I won't name him because like he probably doesn't want his name associated with this, but he just came in. He, he, he just, it's he, Michael. Really, he really came in like in a bad mood and, and, and I don't know where he got this attitude from, but the first, exactly thing, the, the first thing he goes off about Kyle at this, and, and I think you'll lend some advice here because you of all of us are the, you're the most knowledgeable about Canada and Canadian icons. And I right. just, this guy would not shut up. About oh, it was annoying. About about Walter Gretzky, and he oh, oh. he was he was pounding his hand on the table and sucking his beer back, making the kids scared at the table next door. Wow! Going, why the <laughs> fuck are we talking about the death of of Walter Gretzky? And he would not shut up about this. So I, I was appalled. Without further That's ado, solid. Kyle. Without further ado, can you please set the audience straight? Who was Walter <laughs> Gretzky? Well. You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the I, longest I time, 
uh, it was on. appalling. It was appalling listening to that. Oh, well, yeah. I was first of I, all. You, you, you saw me that night, Nick. I didn't want to get into any. Oh, no comment. I was <laughs> no to, comment. I was trying to I was trying to keep it, you know, kosher. I was like, you know, I'm out with my friends. I'm just trying to have a beer and eat some fine German cuisine. And this guy goes on about like Walter Gretzky. Like, why do we care? And like, I'm sure Kyle will elaborate. But like, it was it, I was very frustrated. I was very close to like, you know, going over and just, you know, <laughs> shaking him by the collar and being like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, First of all, that's annoying as fuck for someone to be so outwardly vocal on such a topic. Just out of place. It was the evening totally of. of well, it's, yeah, yeah which is just a dick yeah, move. Yeah, like huge dick move. For, first thing I'll say, um, Nick, I know you know Jimmy T, my old coach and, and or mentor. Yes, we are still yet to have him on the show. We're yet to have him on the show, but he was on first up on TSN 1050. Wow. The night, mm. or sorry, the morning after the Walter Gretzky news to give his take on uh, on the whole situation. He knew Walter and he knew, obviously, that he was pretty close to the Gretzky family. And, um, and you know, everyone's been sharing all those stories and all that. But uh, without kind of hiding or shrouding this, uh, I didn't really know much about Walter until this news happened. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I, I always knew who he was. I just... I. I knew he was Gretzky's dad and everyone loved him, but you know, I never ran into him. I never knew anyone who ran into him. Um, and I think it might've been before our time. If I'm going to be honest, those who really, really respect uh, and, and know this guy, love this guy. Uh, like we're talking maybe five years. We've, we've missed it kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like our generation may have, may have just missed the grasping yeah. the importance of who this man was. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because like well, I again before this happened, no yeah. stories from me. I just knew about him. You know. Yeah. So same for me. And then I and I heard things afterwards. Like a lot of the things I heard was how he was very charitable. Apparently raised a lot of money for charity. I think he received the Order of Canada for his efforts. <clears throat> um, apparently he'd always greet people after Leaf games. He'd, he'd stay till three hours after games as this old man would shake the hands of kids till midnight. Um, and he, his house was always open. Apparently he had this open house. If you went to their hometown mm-hmm. uh, in Brantford <laughs> or wherever he had this, we could have just gone there and he would have let us into his house and we could have looked at like Wayne Gretzky, like uh, you wow. know, memorabilia. Apparently yeah. it was just an open house. So yeah, mm-hmm. hearing stuff like that's interesting, but to your point, I didn't know much about him either. What do you say, Joe? Yeah, I mean, like he, like one of the main uh, points of contention I had with our uh, our mutual friend at the table was that all he said was, "Oh, well, he's only famous for being, you know, Wayne Gretzky's father." But like he did so much more than that for the game of hockey, and also like it's very rare, like according to like people in the media and people who knew him, to find someone so genuinely passionate and an ambassador for the game that Walter Gretzky was. I remember, uh, you know, like my dad gets the, the odd leaf tickets from time to time. And, you know, I remember the seats are close to glass. And I remember a couple of games actually like seeing Walter Gretzky like around and like everyone would just give him a standing ovation. He would always shake hands and like, you know, he, he, he was just like, I mean, like, <clears throat> even some of the stories that like, like Poulin and, um, and uh, Dreger and uh, James Duffy were saying on the air the night that he passed away, because it was during the leaf game. Uh, was really heartwarming. So, like, I I think he's way more important than just being Wayne Gretzky's father. And uh, mm. you know, rest in peace to a great man and a good uh, you know an ambassador for the sport of hockey. Right. Mm. Proud I, Canadian. I think, yeah, for sure. I, I think what makes his legend sparkle so much is that uh, he was your prototypical hockey dad, as everyone would right. say. 
blue collar guy rinking in the backyard, giving his son all the chances, all the opportunities you can get. He was a, he was a coach for his his son. Like this is just your typical hockey dad story right. that yep. so many people can relate to. That's the thing. People related to him. And I think that's what drew so many people to his story and, and why it was so endearing. Um, and again, I think our, our generation may have missed that, but uh, I mean, you can't deny the charitable stories and just the, the hockey guy, the rink guy aspect to him was uh, just really cool to hear the stories. Yeah. Just a, yeah, just an incredible guy. And like, they were like almost tearing up on TSM when they heard the news. So obviously he impacted a lot of people throughout the game of hockey. So yeah. Yeah. To and the point, enigma of it all. Go ahead. Oh, go on, Nick. Well, just to your point that uh, the whole hockey dad thing, as, as the, as Gord Miller said the following day, and we'll get into Gord later on for other reasons, but as he said, <laughs> he wasn't just Wayne's dad. He was all of our dads. <laughs> <laughs> you could say what that's too cheeky or whatever, but hey, that was uh, yeah, that, that's a line and a half. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my dad out there. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ, that, that's my dad. He's never laced up a pair of skates in his life out there. You know what the enigma is too? Like, can you guys name a dad more famous in any sport who's been so involved and in the spotlight in any sport? Ah, uh, Tiger maybe. Woods, maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. There's a case maybe there. What's, what's his name? Uh, and not for the right reason. Who is that? Uh, Lavar Ball, maybe. Okay. Like, right. but not for like right. he was. He's just a clown. But, but he's like, always he's in the news. Ball. Like he's he's, he's in, in the, the news, news more like, than anybody. Constantly. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's just like I'm, I I try to picture like after watching the um, the Michael Jordan oh, documentary. Maybe, uh, Maybe Paul Marner during the negotiation. Sure, yeah, I was about sure, to say that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not again, not for the right reasons, but he was involved. Like, I, I just try to picture like the Michael Jordan thing. Like if, if Jordan was ever off his game, could you imagine he, he had to bring his dad in to, to fix him up? You know, like his dad would just walk. In. That'd be such a funny, interesting little uh, wrinkle to that story. And that's, that's what it was for, for, uh, for hockey here with us so yeah he was uh yeah i mean like i said great canadian and uh i think uh, i think uh, our mutual friendship put some more respect on the name of uh, walter gretzky yeah if he's yeah. if he's listening i hope i hope he, uh, he, I, I hope I hope he learned he a little and... something in these last few minutes yeah and the worst part about it was it didn't even stop at the dinner table it was like during the leaf game i was trying to <laughs> sit there and watch the leaf game and i got this guy yakking in my ear about why do we care and i'm just like oh my god like you know You'll you'll meet this it. man one day, Kyle, and like between yeah. us, I'll whisper in your ear, "That's the guy." <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll point him out to you, <laughs> and then I'll go two shades colder, and I'll just spend the rest of the night just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, but uh, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So as uh, as tradition dictates here, the lead topic, given our guest this week. We'd be remiss if we did not talk about the past week or the past, hell, two weeks, given it's been quite eventful. The last two weeks in Leafland, uh, the Leafs started off by losing for the first time in the Sheldon Keefe era, three games in regulation in a row, two against Vancouver, one against Winnipeg. They then went on to beat Winnipeg, but then lose a couple to Winnipeg and Ottawa. So they've now lost five of six. It's, it's unprecedented for us, for us Leaf fans in the, uh, in the Keefe era. So uh, I want to open it 
open the floor to the man who bet me before the week. He said, Nick, if Winnipeg wins two, th- two w- wins this series in these three games, I'll uh, give you a hundred bucks. And oh I, I, I should have took the deal. Should have took the deal. But, <laughs> but, but I will mention, I did make some money off the Leafs. That first Tuesday game, I put $44 down, won 90 bucks. Uh, so uh, very happy about that one. Wow. Yeah, let me just say, like, I, I feel bad for uh, converting you to a gambler. I, you know, I, I, it, you should, it, it, yeah, it, you should, because my, like my effect rubbed off on you, and it's, it's yeah, and it, and it hurts to anything. bet against your team. But the odds yeah. were so good. The odds were so good. So I was like, I'm, yeah. t- I'm riding this. Um. So yeah, no. Needless to say, I haven't been betting too much since <clears> that. But uh, but nonetheless. So I mean, we'll get in. We got a lot of things to get into here. I mean, we've got the deadline coming up. So in short, I guess my <laughs> first question would just be. Um, I mean, is that a losing five of six? Is that a uh, super stat or meaningless number as the Tim and would, would say back in the day? Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm like a meaningless number. Like I, I, I watch the games and I'll give them, I'll give Winnipeg the Saturday night game. They I'll play the Leafs completely. And Sunday against Ottawa, that Leaf team looked exhausted and tired and full credit to Ottawa. They beat them. I would have been more concerned if the five of six games that they lost all looked like the Saturday night against Winnipeg and the Sunday against Ottawa, but they did. Um, Demko played out of his mind for the two games against uh, the Leafs <clears> in Vancouver. Uh, Hellebuck stood on his head uh, in the two games against Win- two out of the three games against Winnipeg, and the Leafs stole one of those games. Uh, so no, I don't think it's uh, that big of concern. Um, I saw a tired hockey team at the end of that week. I saw a team that was making making uncharacteristic uh, defensive mistakes. I saw goals that went in both on Michael Hutchinson and Freddie Anderson that 90% of the time NHL goalies stop. Um, the only real concern I have out of this is the play of Frederick Anderson. Although today, um, I don't know if you guys heard the news, but it seemed that he said he was playing through an injury, which kind of makes sense. So no, mm-hmm. like as a Leaf fan, I'm not I'm not too concerned about this recent stretch of play. I mean, they, they were goalied for like three out of the five games they played and um I, I think after this break they're gonna you know have some time to heal whether it's austin matthews getting his wrist fixed wayne simmons is going to be coming back into the lineup a good chance for the defense to rest maybe get that face shield off muzzin um and also most importantly perhaps jack campbell comes back and you know he can start playing the back-to-back games and even give anderson some more time off so you know normally i would be panicking but like you said this is very unprecedented in the keep era um, they've had such a strong start to the season. And like, obviously no one expected them to continue playing at that pace. I still think they're going to win the North division. Um, uh, Winnipeg to me, like they're a good team. They're a good up front, but I just think what I saw in the first two games, their play in their own end is just like atrocious at times. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like my concern meter is, is, is not very high. I, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's just my take from what did they, what did they do differently <laughs> in that third game, holding the Maple Leafs to 18 shots against in the, you're talking about the Saturday night game, the Saturday night game, 18 shots against yeah, Lauren Brissois. I, 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 they, they, they finally tightened up defensively and full credit to them. But uh, the body of work I've seen from Winnipeg all year, this is not just against elite. This is against a lot of teams there. They can score, but I just feel like in their own end, they still need like that puck <clears throat> defenseman to compliment Josh Morrissey. If they want to go anywhere in the playoffs, because with that defense core, you're, you're, you're not going to go like, it doesn't matter how good, how, like Hellebuck can't play like that every night. Like he's a great goalie, probably the best in the league, but I don't think you can sustain that over the entire playoff. Uh, series you're going to need to improve on defense but yeah no full credit to Winnipeg like I said Saturday and Sunday those losses like those were the concerning losses because like 
even Ottawa, for example, like they played the Leafs very, very well that game. I hate to admit it, but like they got on them early. They would, they didn't stop even after the Leafs got that go high and go back. They kept pressing. Um, and yeah, no, like in Winnipeg on Saturday too, they held the least 18 shots. Like, what more do you want? Right. And like, that's a time where, you know, if you're not playing your best, you need Freddie to have a hellebuck like performance and start stopping some shots. Right. And that was the most concerning thing for me. Right. Because that game was, it was two, one at one point in that game. Right. You know, Nylander made it two, one. And then the barrage of Winnipeg goals started to happen. And you're like, okay, Freddie, like I would like maybe one or two saves you know, to just to keep us in the game. Right. And it, it, it's a little frustrating, but uh, yeah, no, like I said, I still think the concern meter is, is low. And I expect to see a, a much different Leafs team um, this <clears> weekend <throat> in the back-to-back with uh, the Daryl Sutter flames. I would agree with your broad thoughts. I don't think it's concerning. I still think they will finish first. Uh, with that said, I still think I learned some things that I probably wasn't as opinionated on before. Like, I, I still think, I think that Dermot Bogosian pairing had a terrible three games against Winnipeg. And I think it really just pointed out glaring flaws on that bottom pair. And I do think that will have to be addressed at the deadline. If they don't address it, uh, then I'll be a little disappointed. Um, there was also uh, the first time, you know me, I like, I like seeing emotions on players and coaches. And it was the first time I've seen that Saturday night game when they took all those penalties in the third. It was the first time I've seen Keith blow up. I, I've never seen him yeah. cool. And I've always liked him for that. I, I've, always, I've always liked his stoic attitude. It always makes me feel calm as a Leaf fan when I see he's calm. But when he started losing it on the refs and like chomping at him under his mask, it made me a little uncomfortable because I'm like this omnipotent mm-hmm. figure is starting to lose his cool a little and it's not making me feel good. So did you I didn't like for those... that though. Like, did you see the? Did you see the call? Like, the oh, they were not like, good calls. They like... were not good calls. But yeah. still, know, like, man, just, the die the die's been that. cast. Like, you're not going to convince them otherwise. Like, why are you <clears> doing this? So I didn't like that. And then, and then, yeah, with Freddie, I mean, I think his save percentage now is flat 900, which was just <laughs> it's not going to cut it. Especially, it's only the regular season. We're not even into the playoffs, and that's usually where he struggles even more. So, um. I, I'm I'm a little concerned, and and I hope when Campbell comes, uh, he pushes Freddie, and I hope they go to a timeshare. To be honest, because like I I, I think I, I, agree. I think you can make a case Campbell is a is a better goaltender, and if Jack Campbell has to be the the player the guy in the playoffs, then he he'll be the guy in the playoffs. Like I don't yeah. care how much he makes compared to Freddie. Like I don't care about the salaries. He's he's outplayed <laughs> him in every capacity. If he hadn't got injured, I'm I could, I'm convinced they there'd be a timeshare right now. I agree. And like, this is like, I see on zoom, like both me and Kyle nodding our heads exactly at the same time to what you're saying. <laughs> I don't give a shit how much Anderson makes. In fact, like to me, I think the way he's playing, he's playing himself out of a contract. It's just a contract year for him. Um, yeah. I don't give a shit how much Freddie makes. This isn't like, this is a, this is a meritocracy. If you're not playing well enough, I don't care what your contract is. You're going to sit and the Leafs need to have playoff success this year. I, I I'm saying this right now. Like, this team can win the rest of like every single game in the regular season. And I'll be happy about that. But all I care about <clears> is playoff <throat> success. And if that means sitting your $5 million goaltender for a backup that makes whatever mm. the hell he makes, I don't care. And you know what? Also, like, I just think that Freddie always like, even this year, like when he has a bit of competition, I think he steps up his game. Uh, and also just even for like the rest factor, like he's obviously playing through some sort of discomfort and like, let, let's be real. You can't trust Michael Hutchinson for more than like three or four starts. He's just not like a good goalie. Like, I, like, I don't know if there's any Michael Hutchinson fans out there, but I'm sorry. He's not a good NHL goalie. Um, 
I think, yeah, I think when Campbell comes back, it, it, it's going to be important for him, not only for Freddie's rest, but also maybe for the success of the team. Because, hey, what happens if you give him a stretch of games and you're like, oh, wow, like, <clears throat> this guy could be a starter next year. Maybe I don't have to go out and, you know, pay Anderson X amount of money because we have one already here for like two and a half, three million dollars, right? So mm. these next couple of games when he gets healthy is important, not only for this year at the playoffs, but also going forward for the negotiations because they have the Hyman negotiation coming up, Riley negotiation, and if they would like to keep Anderson. Um, I think, like, my hot take is that he probably won't be back next year. I think he's actually going to go to the Edmonton Oilers. That's oh, my hot take. Wow. That's my hot take because they've looked for a goalie forever, and I think <clears> he would take a contract to go play in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, like, that, those are just my thoughts. Like, I completely agree with what you're saying, Nick. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, before I turn it to Kyle, um, I just – I to me, Jack Campbell, he, he screams. He, he can be a big, big – big when the lights are on, I think he can, I think he shows up because I saw in the world juniors, like way back in 2010 or 2009, when he was the U S goalie in the world juniors, the guy just shined on the stage. And I think he, yeah. I think he has a big game mentality that Freddie lacks and I want them to yeah. at least test that, you know? So, that's and, what I'm and you know what? Uh, yeah. And the, and we all, you always talk about character, Nick, what showed me who Jack Campbell mm. was this year when he was playing against Calgary. And he said he hurt his leg and there's 30 seconds left. Leafs are up by a goal, I think. He's like, I'm not going to come out and make my goalie come in like flat. He's like, I'm going to go out there and play for my team. That's the kind of guy you want in the playoffs. When mm-hmm. you're playing in a, in a tight game against Boston or someone in the divisional round, it's like a, it's an elimination game. You know, every, the whole team's playing tired and you need a big save. Like, I feel that Campbell can be that guy. Also, like, the Leaf players love him. Like, do you remember that shootout he got, uh, the shutout he got against? Was it against, who did he get? Uh, was it Edmonton he got the shutout against? I can't remember. Uh, what the first, I think it was Edmonton. The players mobbed him when he got the shutout. They love him. He's just yep. a genuinely, like, nice guy. Like, I feel like if you rob him, he would, like, thank you for, like, you know, not taking too much. He's like Ned Flanders. Your mind's like Ned Flanders. <laughs> you know, which is great to have on the team, especially a team of young guys, right? You know, so I completely agree with you. Yeah. No, you see it in his body language. Every time he makes a save in front of his defenseman, he's always tapping them on the back with his stick, like saying, thanks for blocking that guy or taking that guy out, not screening me. He's just... uh, If Campbell starts one... Yeah. I'm making this promise on the show. If Campbell starts at least one playoff game, I will buy a Jack Campbell Maple Leafs home uniform. $200 Adidas. I will buy it. If he starts a playoff game at all, this is on record, I will buy it and I will... I I don't care. It'll go up on my wall. I bought him a Jonas Gustafson jersey before, so this can't be that much better. Worse, right? My so, goodness you know, me. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah. First of all, Michael Hutchinson should never see an NHL net again in his career. <laughs> like, this guy is such a clown. It's unbelievable. Colorado last year, he was a clown. He's, he's he, I can't yeah. believe he's ever gotten a job in his life. Second of all, I think we're all on the same page with Freddie being distrustworthy. Like, mistrusted by by us and and most of the fan base at this point my question to you guys now is two things how i like jack campbell i think he's a great guy i think i think the the net he's had so far this season he's looked good last season as well um how come he hasn't figured it out yet in his career to to maybe push for a number one spot a and b um if, if that doesn't work, if you can't fully trust, okay, looks like Jack Campbell's the guy for the playoffs, wh- where do you look in terms of a trade? Is this an option for you in terms of a, a last-minute trade at the, at the deadline? I mean, Dubas already said he's willing to move a top guy. If I'm the Leafs and, and there's a top guy out there, um, like a, top, a goalie that I can trust, I know it's not a hot market for it right now, but 
I mean, that would put me at ease uh, in a big way. Maybe one of the Arizona guys would uh, would tickle my fancy. But uh, what do you guys think on that? Uh, from what I know, Dubas has been he, he was pretty vocal on Monday when he had his kind of state of the union address saying if they're shopping for anything, it won't be a goalie. Uh, he seems mm. confident in the tandem. So I, I think you can shut any of those dreams down. Um, and then what was your other question? How come like we all like Jack? Campbell. Oh, why is we he not a starter? Do. Yeah. Why I mean, inju- injuries is one thing. He's always played well. He's, like 30, he gets he's like 30 years old now. Yeah, he always gets injured. Like, so he can never have a long stretch where he takes over a starter. Um, he was in, he was stacked away in LA for a while when Jonathan Quick was still in his prime. So that was a tough guy to leap over. Um, yeah. And then ever since going to the Leafs, it's, it's been, it's been as simply, he doesn't make as much as Freddie and hence he's not going to get the playing time. They, they've, they've just allocated starts and they've correlated it with salary unfortunately, instead of merit and who's playing well. So I think he's just been a victim of that. Yeah, I agree. I think, I, I think you like to your, to your first point, Kyle, I think he would be playing more this year. Like if it wasn't for the injury, especially in a condensed season, like I think he, like, I think he would be, I think there would almost be like a 50, 50 timeshare if he was completely healthy. Like, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm fully <laughs> serious. I think in a 56 game season, you want to rest your starter, which is still Anderson until proven otherwise, like right now. Um, you know, I, I think he, I think he's just been crippled with injuries, and that's why it's so important for the Leafs. Like, and this just not only goes to the goalies, but the whole team. The Leafs are going to make the playoffs, and they're probably going to finish one or two. The goal for the rest of the season is to hone in the defensive game and play like they played against Edmonton and stay healthy. You can't have these nagging injuries going into the playoffs because you're going to get injured in the playoffs. If you're going to get injured, make it like in the second or third mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Don't go into the playoffs with your back of goalie hobbled your starting goalie with a lower body injury and uh, your superstar in Austin Matthews with a, with a bum wrist. So the yeah, goal is to yeah. play healthy, but yeah, I like, listen, if Dubas could work out a goalie for one, a trade for one of the Arizona guys, I would, I would, <laughs> I had a, uh, I was playing around on cat friendly the other night. I was like, what if the least were to like get rid of Freddie and like a first round pick or something like that to Vegas, like go after like flurry or Leonard or one oh of those guys like, like that. Like, That'd I don't care how, I don't give a shit how old Flurry is. Like, if this is like an all-in year, because I think the Leafs this year are finally deep enough to go on a run. The only thing that concerns me is the fucking goaltending. So if you I agree. even, if you, I agree and completely. And who cares about the first round pick? What's going to be twenty fifth? No, and it's a running, shit draft. It's a shit yes, draft. Yes, and no one knows what's going on. Ottawa's going to win the draft lottery this year and draft someone <laughs> they've never seen play in two years. Yeah. So, yes. Like that's what I'm saying. Get rid of it if you have to. Like a guy like Flurry in Toronto. Fuck the fourteen day quarantine. Give him as much rest as he can. Like that's someone to me in the playoffs where I'm like, I, I, with this, the way they're playing defensively and something like that. And then I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like I would even almost want that over like an echo. Like I, I, that would be to me, it's like, I don't give a shit how old he is. He might be over here for one year. Fuck it. Go all in. And if you win a cup, no one asks questions. Why? Well, I'll, I'll, why I'll sh- yeah, go on. Why is Dubis rumored to be going after a forward? Can someone riddle me that? I don't understand. I think he, I think he, I don't know if anyone knows what, Dubas is doing because Dubas is like track record is like he gives the media certain pieces but like he never gives them a full story like look for example the muzzle trade that came out of nowhere that was yeah. like that was like I remember that distinctly I was sitting there like on my couch doing contracts readings in 1L <laughs> and it's like 10 o'clock at night and I get like this notification the Leafs have just traded for Jake Muzzin and the LA Kings there was no rumors nothing it just came out of the blue and there's so many conflicting reports like Chris Johnson <laughs> said the Leafs are out in Ekholm Friedman said they were in an Ekholm Dubas <clears> says <throat> they might be going to a forward I think he's just good at playing it very close to the vest and that's why right now I have like my least PR the account on notifications tweets on because he could drop a trade during this show <clears throat> like we don't know right 
So yeah, I think he's spreading yeah. a lot of misinformation, right? No, like, would I care if the Leafs got, like, a top six forward? Uh, it depends who it is, right? But, like, for me, it's like, if you're going to go all in, like, like, don't go for, like, Granlin. That doesn't move the needle. You know who moves mm. the needle? Guys like Philip Forsberg or even, like, a Taylor Hall. Like, that moves the needle. That's a little bit off topic because of Freddie. Just, like, I'm just making the point. Like, I think he spreads a lot of misinformation, which I, I kind of like about him. He's very coy. Well, yeah. we're, we're discussing what they might acquire. But if you want to take it a little further... I want to know what they might be willing to give up because I, oh. I it sounds like he's saying Sandine, Amirov, and Robertson are all on the block if necessary. And and Kyle can weigh in here if he wants to because he's the native draft expert, the prospect expert. So of those three guys, Joe, uh, who do you think could 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 you see being traded and who and who, if any, is untouchable? Sandine is not going to get traded. He's untouchable. He, that would... He's untouchable. Oh, no, wow. They're not going to trade him. That would screw up the future. They believe in this guy. The organization believes in him. He's going to be on the blue line. He could be on the blue line now if it wasn't for his injuries. He could be playing in Dermot's role. So, no, Sandin's untouchable. The two guys <laughs> that are most likely to get moved in terms of, I think it's going to be Robertson first and Amarov. Those are the two mm. top-tier prospects, and those are the guys that are going to be moved. I think if I'm the Leafs, I would not. Unless you're getting something like really, really good back, Sandin to me is untouchable. He's the future of your decor are going to be one of the futures. And I think like, you know, getting rid of him could cripple the organization for years to come, but you can afford, I love Nick Robinson. I think he's a great player. I think this Amaral kid is going to be good. But again, like if you can get me like an Ekholm or a goalie or, you know, someone that moves the needle on the forward side, I'd be happy to part with them. So I think it's Sandin's untouchable. Um, <clears throat> Robertson and Amarov are the two likely prospects. And we didn't mention Timothy Lilligren. He could be one of those in the Amarov, um, Robertson category being moved because they just they just value Sandin too much. Like I've seen it from scouts in the organization on Twitter and from what I've heard from guys like Chris Johnson say like Sandin is like a building block for this team and you just don't give up young defensemen who are in like I, I would say I, th I think Romanov is better but Sandin is very very close to Romanov in terms of like how the organization values him and like you know you just don't trade those young defensemen and defensemen take longer to develop right so I would not want to move him. Unless you're getting a Jonathan Drouin back, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. No, yeah, you know I'd what? Uh, I'll be honest. If I'm looking at the Leafs position right now, and I'm looking at the window that, that is open right now, and I'm saying, okay, you're going to have to go through a bunch of North Division teams, and then you've got a shot, you've got a crack at, uh, at an Eastern Conference final. To me, though Sandine is the highest value pick, I, I would say no one's untouchable if I'm Dubas. It, if the deal is right, and it's like, I, I know it'll sting bad, but if this is a piece like an Ekholm, it's so, like, this is a chance, man. Like, this could yeah. be a big, big opportunity. Especially, I don't know what Ekholm's contract is like, but if you can get at least two years out of the guy, then, yeah. uh, then I think that's big. I think that's very, very big. And obviously, the more pieces you put in the draft, the more salary you're going to get Nashville to retain, right? And that's the goal, right? Sure. Um, uh, Although, like, like what, what, what was the cost for Muzzin? It was what? Grundstrom, Sean Dersey, and I think a, like a first round pick. Like that, like I think Ekholm yeah. is, is that, right? You know, like, right, you're, right, so you're right. looking at what? Like Amarov, Kerfoot, and maybe like a first round pick or something like that, right? Like uh, I don't. Although, although I think Amarov has a, has a lot of weight to him, you know? Like I think he's, he's got good. a lot like of value yeah. to him. Yeah. So I, I, I think maybe you could do Amarov in a first and you could get a lot for that, you know? 
Yeah. That could, and, that and, pulls a lot of weight. And if you get an Ekholm, I mean, you look at your blue line, it's now what Riley Brody Muzz and Ekholm, who might be like one of, that could arguably be one of the best shutdown pairings in the national hockey league. If you get that. And then what you have Justin Hall and Bogosian playing on your, that what a competent, you know, three, four defense in that, like that, that's incredible. Right. You know, like your five, six is Justin Hall. Like that, yeah, it's not bad. Right. You know, so right. uh, it, it becomes yeah. difficult to poke holes except for, you know, and then, it, then Goal you're tank. only look. Yeah. The only thing is that, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. And that's the X factor, right? That's what it's all going to come down yeah. to. It's going to be whether or not the Leafs are playing much better defensively this year. And in the games they have lost, it usually has not been because of their odd men rushes like it did last year. It's usually because Freddie gives up one or two stinkers and the team, you know, they, you know, they lose the game. And like, the, you know, one of the concerns they had in the athletic was the penalty kill. But Jonas Siegel qualified by saying that, well, who's supposed to be the best penalty killer? The goalie. And the least penalty kill was on its game early on in the season. Freddie and Campbell were playing lights out, right? So, you know, these are like, remember last year, uh, if you remember when we came to your house, Kyle, and did the post, uh, the post-mortem after the Columbus series. Yeah, yeah. I was saying how like Freddie Anderson might be a concern. And Nick was like, no, he's a little bit lower on the list. But that concern has made a huge ratchet it up ratchet it up right and it's yeah. you know and here we are a year later now still you know it, it, like my, my take is if you're questioning whether or not this guy can actually win you a playoff series like maybe it's it's time to you know move on or you know go yeah. to the backup goalie right like I, at this point like again like if you're gonna say robertson in a first round pick for flurry I, i'll do it like i know that seems like very short-sighted but as a leaf fan like hmm. could you imagine mark andre Fleury behind this plane behind this defense <clears throat> oh my and like he wants it he wants to chase a cup too <laughs> I buy that like jersey. That was, I'm just gonna simmer you. I'm just gonna simmer you. I'm just gonna stop you right there <laughs> and and tell you my my sources feet on the ground in Vegas right now are telling oh. me that as of right now, Mark Andre Fleury is untouchable. It is Who's is going from overnight. He's gone from As, trading, getting traded imminently <laughs> to untouchable. You know where he's going, Nick? He's going back to Pittsburgh at the end of the day. He's, Kyle, he's, he's untouchable. They've realized, no, like manage, management has realized how how indispensable that guy is these last couple months. I swear to God. Do this you, is everything do I'm reading. You, do you remember when I went to bat for him on Twitter last mm-hmm. playoff and I got oh. shit on for yeah. for picking on, on Robin Leonard? Well, we'll get into it. Let Leonard Leonard's in the yeah. news a couple days ago, so we'll get we'll get into <laughs> yeah. it with him. You really can't say anything, man. You cannot say anything. Um, I was like, I don't know. Maybe we should look at this flurry guy. He's like, no, but you're an idiot. You you just hate Leonard because he has mental health issues. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, moving on, if we may, from the Leafs. Uh, one last thing I'll mention is after their loss on Sunday. I don't know if you got a chance to see this snippet, Kyle, but they interviewed a guy on Ottawa by the name of Joey Decord. Yeah, his first win. This this guy, I don't say this lightly. I think he has Ricky DiPietro character upside. That interview he gave was something else. Let's hope he doesn't play else. Yeah. And and for all you young kids out there, if you want to get your first career win, always play against the Leafs because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. I was like, when Matt Murray left that game and Joey Decard came in, I'm like, this is going to be like, like a Sens victory at some point because that's what the Leafs do. They love giving people their first opportunity, whether it's yes. a Zamboni driver or the first fucking, you know, the first win for some guy named Joey Decord. Yeah. Uh, that's what they like to do. 
uh, I trust me, I got tripped about that game a lot. I got a lot of good friends up here that are sense fans. To be honest with you, I didn't know very many existed, but I know like three of them that are really close friends up here. And sickos. God, did I get sickos. I had to leave my goddamn group chat. It was hell. I had to block numbers for two days. It was hell. Wow. Wow. And you know what? You know, you know what ammo you have on them? Now Matt Murray's out and Joey Decord is now injured. So they're fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, they're gonna start they're calling screwed. up Nick. Nick Costu is gonna be starting. I'll make. I'll make the right. drive. We're about. We're not even two hours away. I'll make the drive. I'll suit up. Um, <laughs> but uh, win against the leaves. Yeah. Well, he was. I just love how candidly that guy spoke. And Kyle, there's another character point. Guess where he went to school? Oh, oh boy. Um, I don't know. He, he played in college. Boston University. Arizona State University. What a guy. Doesn't move the needle for me, man. What are okay. you talking about? What a guy. Why is that notable? That's Why character. That notable? To, uh, for, a guy, for a guy in the Northeast, like for a guy in the Northeast to go, you know what? I'm going to play for Arizona. Yeah, that's character. That's, that's thinking outside the box. You have the worst character ranking system yeah, I've ever crazy. seen. You watch the interview. You tell me this man doesn't have character. Oh yeah, but not because he went to Arizona State. I I, I heard that like fucking like I heard like that's like the easiest school to get into in like the US, like undergrad wise. <laughs> like, he just wanted heard... to get he just wanted to get the ladies better. He's not yeah, a character guy. Hey, listen, Arizona. I'm just saying he's a smart guy. Like I like the way he thinks. I like the way he thinks. That's all I'm saying. You know Nasty why, Nick? Because he, he wasn't level. brainwashed. He wasn't brainwashed from a young age to be interview trained. So he's actually a, a human being. Right. Instead of these robots. <laughs> okay. That's why you like him because he's normal. Yes, 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 yes. Um, moving on to the other, to another Canadian team of interest. And I, I was so close to sending Kyle a clip of me ranting about this topic because it happened the day after our last show. So it's been, it's been out there a while. But what could this be? A coaching oh. change in the Canadian division. Oh, we had uh, we had the Calgary Flames go back and hire an OG coach by the name of Daryl Sutter. For those like Kyle who may not be aware of this man, uh, the resume is impressive. Most recently coached the Kings from 2011 to 2017 and presided over their Stanley Cup championships in 2012 and 2014. In all, he has been an NHL head coach for 18 seasons having previously worked in Chicago, San Jose, as well as Calgary and LA. In 15 of those 18 seasons, his teams have finished with a winning regular season record. Um, wow. I was, I was enamored when I heard this news. I thought he was out of the game. Uh, he's kind of a mystery. Like Ever since he got fired from LA, he moved up to his farm in Viking, uh, Viking Alberta. Who knows where the fucking Viking is? And this this guy, oh this, this, he just went away and no one heard from him. I thought he was done. And, and, and Kyle, you got to have respect for this guy. He's won two cups for the Kings and he could be in his mansion, his beach house in LA, but he spends the last four years in Viking Alberta. Like you got to love yeah. that. It's amazing. It is. The that only, sounds like you storyline. It's the only storyline I latched onto when I heard because I don't care about his coaching. <laughs> I could give a fuck where he played, where he coached. The fact that he was tucked away and somewhere in you know central Alberta is all I care about. And they had to pluck him off the farm. They had to wrestle him off the farm. They as did. He was milking his cattle. Like, oh, we we need you, man. We 
not today, boys. I'm still milking the cat. Like, this, <laughs> this is a great story. Calgary is going to get nowhere for it. What? It's a great story. It's so, great so, story. so, 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 yeah, so they're, they're, yeah. I put him in the pedestal. He is in the Jacques Lemaire, Ken Hitchcock uh, uh, pedestal for me. And, and I, wow. I, I, I think he had a great first three games. They won each of their games. They only let one goal in, in the first two. They let two in the, in the third one. And then last night, I think, was an anomaly. I think it was it was just it was, to... it was it was it was a write off and I loved his comments after the game. He said this team in this division we don't have the skill to compete with these teams. The Torontos, the Winnipegs, the uh, the Edmontons, we don't have the skill. We have to check and play defense every night and if we do that, we we will be fine. And I loved hearing they don't that have from the him. Per- they don't have the personnel. Well, they don't have the personnel for well, I, I think hockey. I think I think if he's suited, who's, th- who's who's jumping in on the forecheck, Johnny. Gattel so 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 like Daryl Sutter, like- Daryl Sutter teams are so structured that all you need <laughs> is a goalie that will make serviceable saves that will be serviceable and make the saves he needs to make. So I think the most important player is Jacob Markstrom. And I think he's good enough yeah. to serve that role. He will make the saves you need him to, to make. Yesterday, he was tired. He had played the first four games under Sutter right off. Um, but, but I think he's good. I, if, if I were in fantasy, I would, if I were you guys, you need goalies, I'd be trading for him because this guy's going to put up elite splits the rest of the way. And, and yeah. I, I think he's super talented. I think they're, def- it's a Daryl Sutter like defense, heavy guys like, like mm-hmm. Giordano and Anderson, very heavy guys on the back end, uh, Forbert, uh, or he's on Winnipeg. But Tanev. The, the, yeah, yeah, Tanev, exactly. Yeah. Like it, It's just a very yes. suited Daryl Sutter team. I think if, he, if he's ready to jump into any of these teams, it's Calgary. And and I'm a believer. Yes. I think they will make the playoffs, and I'll bet with any one of you that they will. Nick, no, Nick, they, they, Nick, they, Nick, they Nick, stink. Nick, I'll, take, I'll take that action. They okay. Come on, man. Good, 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 good. Come good. on. Come he on, sucks. They suck. I think they're, they're a better. Sucks. I think they're a better bet than Edmonton to make the playoffs. No, no way. No Edmonton's way. Gonna make the playoffs. Edmonton's a better team. I there's. I got. I got. Cal- I got Calgary. I got Montreal. I got. I got the Leafs, and I got Winnipeg. Edmonton's out. Vancouver's out. Edmonton is not it. coming out. They're coming Edmonton out. Edmonton is going to make. Nick, it. they're coming uh, out. All, all this has done. All you've told me is the the North Division, especially Calgary, has gotten more boring. Think like that's all I've learned from this. But it's boring is effective. That. Boring can. Be I know. Effective. I know. In 2014, know, th- this it's gonna take it's gonna take longer for this season to, for them to become the New York Islanders. I don't think they have enough runway to do that. You know, he's no. too he's I'm got not, too much no. pedigree, and he's got he 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 just knows how to, he knows how to get a grip of his team. You watch them play in these games, mm. elite neutral zone play, elite structure, elite forechecking, keeping the puck in the zone. Their their F three is always high in the offensive zone. He's always making sure nothing happens in the defensive zone. Tight gaps, as we like to say in our intramural teams, Kyle. Tight gaps. It's 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 a, it's a Nick team through and through, and those teams don't fail. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to finish like fifth <laughs> and, like, dra- and, and draft and draft like seventeenth because they suck. Uh, no, I, I don't have any faith in the Calgary Flames. Like they're they're, they're they like. I know even before the trade deadline, like they like started before the coaching chains, like they were playing just like a lifeless, like brand of hockey. Like, I just don't think they're like a good hockey team. Like even they're back and like Rasmus Anderson's not a heavy guy. Like, Oh, he's a heavy guy. He will fuck you up. You saw what he did to Matthews. He injured Matthews. He'll uh, fuck you up. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I I'm not Rasmus yeah, Anderson's no, a dirty, he's a Montreal. dirty bugger. 
He's a dirty it'll bugger. Be some, yeah, he, yeah, he sucks. But it'll be a combination of uh, the Leafs, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal. The playoffs. Calgary's not going to make it. They just aren't talented enough. They're All right. How team. how much we betting? How much we betting? We'll discuss that after. Okay. We'll discuss the uh, after. Or, or do you, do you want to wait till after Calgary throttles the Leafs this weekend? <clears throat> oh, I that's not happening. I, I think the Leafs. I, I think the maybe Calgary would one of those games because I, I still think they're like a. I think they're playing better under Sutter. But I think this might be just you know every team gets sort of like a new coaching bump coach except for bump, Montreal. Yeah. The coach bump except for Montreal. But every team usually gets like a coach bump, and I think this is what it is. I, I just I just don't see them being able to play that style of hockey in a division that is so skilled, especially for the rest of the way. Like they got to deal with Winnipeg, they got to deal with the Leafs, they got to deal with Edmonton. McDavid put up like well like five points on them last night. It's it's going to be tough. Like I don't doubt Calgary. Okay, here's here's what I'll try. Here's how I'll try to convince. Here's I, this won't convince Joe, but I, maybe this will convince Kyle. All these coaches Calgary has had. Okay, first thing is we've always questioned the character of this Calgary team. They always bow yes. out early in the playoffs. Their core yes. lacks character. Uh, uh, okay, Giordano, he's got character. But 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 Goudreau and Monahan and Lindholm, mm. those guys, I've never had faith in. They always bow out of the playoffs and they never hold themselves accountable. And it bothers me. And yeah. and and yeah. and you look at their coaches recently. <laughs> Bob Hartley, Glenn Glenn Gullickson. Uh, 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 this guy Ward, Bill Peters. None of these guys have that hard Mike Babcock uh, intensity to kick their guys in the rear end and to hold them accountable. Mm. This is the first. Well, we coach, all want Mike Babcock intensity. This is the first mm. coach in this in this Jeff Treliving era that 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 will hold them accountable and will kick them in the rear end and will bench those stars if they don't play well. I think this is the most important acquisition this Calgary Flames roster's made in the past decade and I think it will put them over the hump. That is my closing argument. I think you're you're paying way too much attention to pedigree. Like the style of play worked in 2012 and 2014 because they had the personnel. This Calgary team does not have the personnel to play like this for four lines, and that they just do they not. Have, I think you're small. underrating their defense. I think enough. you're really underrating. I think uh, their defense is terrible. Their defense is They're fantastic. Terrible. It's fantastic. I, I love. I love. I love Mark. I love Mark Giordano. But other than that, I don't see anyone on that team. Giordano, like the Anderson, Tanev, and Hannafin is a very good top four. <clears throat> it's okay. There's like I I would I'd still put Montreal's top four ahead of theirs. I'd still put the least top four ahead of theirs. Brody's probably a better defenseman than everyone on that team except for Giordano. Like the, uh, like Weber's better than everyone on that blue line. Anderson like, Anderson can be a top two defenseman on any team in the league. Mm. No, he that's he's that's elite. A hot take he's elite. There. He's elite. Then, he's then why elite. then why are they not in the playoffs then? Because the suck. coach, because this this uh, this Jeff Ward doesn't know how to coach, and in the in the pre, in the as one of my guys on on social media said, like this guy, like he's like every press conference after the game, it looks like he's having a colonoscopy. He was he was just stressed out of his mind, and he couldn't he couldn't hone in the team. This you watch this uh, you watch this um, this Sutter guy after the games. He's sitting there. He's got his old man glasses on. He's got a notebook. He's he's basically ignoring the questions coming in, and he's scribbling in his notebook like after the game. I love yeah, this. Guy. That that uh, that hard nosed style really worked well for Babcock in Toronto. So I'm sure it'll translate well for uh, Daryl Sutter. He's a different guy. Calgary. He's a different guy with a Nick, with a with Nick. a with a weaker team. And yeah, <laughs> Nick, what I'm worried about is like. Like Joe kind of mentioned it, that his style may have worked in, in 2014, but not only is it a different group of players, it's a very different game than when he was last in here. And especially the North division it is. is such a different yep. game. And he's mentioned like that. The, 
th- this is an offensively dominated uh, division, and and he wants to be the one defensive. I, I don't think team. Kyle. I don't think he takes the job and leaves his farm in Viking if he doesn't think he's got a shot here. And I think he studied. He's he's been studious. He studied these teams, and and I think he knows what he's gotten himself into. And I think he's gonna he's gonna get him out of this. I don't think he takes the job if he doesn't think he's got a shot. He retired 2017. I was following him when he left my team. He said in a public statement, "I've retired. I'm not coming back." But he's come back, and I don't think he would have done it if he was if he didn't have a, th- a shot. He'd make it. Um, it's intriguing, so, sure. So just for your playoff. Uh, Thing Nick, so to just to just to so the, the, the Edmonton Oilers are ninety three point six percent according to Money Puck to, to make miss? the playoffs to to make it to make it. Uh, ca- yes. Oh, Calgary Oilers. right now. Okay, yeah. Calgary right now is fifty eight percent to make the playoffs. Good. Compa- wow, um, that's surprising. Mon- Montreal's at eighty five point one, and Toronto's at like ninety five. So, uh, and Winnipeg's only sixty eight. Wow. Or 63.5 according to money puck that's um, odd yeah very odd um but yeah you're 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 fighting an uphill battle here like Kyle said, what do you mean the, that that's basically saying the consensus thinks they're gonna make it well there's other teams that have higher percentages though so uh, they're the outlier okay right? but if you ask pundits 58 percent of the pundits think they're gonna make it well i don't know if it's uh, the pundits i think it's like the you know, they had to do like a, you know, they look at their data. I like those odds and it's, right? it's, it's good betting odds. Like it's basically a coin flip. So uh, whenever wow. you want to place that yeah. money, you let me know. I will. And when they bow out of the, uh, <clears throat> of the playoff race, because they can't score and Rasmus elite Anderson, isn't that yeah. good? Cause he's elite. not. Elite. Finally... <laughs> I'll share an article with yeah. you on the athletic. I, I read it and I became, I, 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 I had a man crush on the guy after reading it. It was awesome. Oh, I'm mm. so I'm so glad they didn't they didn't keep Brody. Like just <laughs> oh God, Oof. this trailing this trailing guy. What well, and, imagine? And him that's on that another thing. Now. He's had. If you look at GMs in the league, that guy's had a long leash. That guy's been yeah, he's for a while, go. and it has he's not been go. good. He this no. I think I think this is another. We always talk about on the show. Last bullet in the chamber. I think I think this is a, a last bullet in the chamber kind of move. Oh God! Yeah. Like it, uh, it, it reminds me. It reminds me of, of Peter. It reminds me of Peter Shirelli hiring Ken Hitchcock. Last bullet yeah. in the chamber. This is just like that. Yeah, I mm. know. Like, there's a lot of GMs in the North Division that like have that. Like Bergevin too. This might be one of his last bullets in the chamber. Uh, hiring the goalie coach. That was the guys. last bullet in the chamber. Oh yeah, they camelaried him. And that, and that was a great move, by the way. Price has been lights out since they got rid of that clown of a goalie coach. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also, so uh, on, uh, I can't, I, I can't, I feel bad. I can't pronounce his last name, but he says just does such great work for the athletic Dom. Lustician, um, uh, Ukrainian. Yes, He's a family yeah. friend Sorry. of ours. Yeah. Great guy. Um, his model has, so he has the least at 99% chance to make the playoffs. Winnipeg at 87 Montreal at 84, Edmonton at 79, and Calgary at 37%. That makes more sense. Way more sense. Yeah, I don't know what Money Puck was doing, but those are the odds. Money Uh, Puck doesn't get it. They don't get it. No, it didn't. They don't watch the games. They just look at the stats. Calgary has their highest percentage chance to finish at 37%, which is just outside of the playoffs, which is exactly where you want to finish in this league. Just outside of the playoffs. Not, Not bad enough to be shit, but not good enough to make the playoffs. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. From one uh, coaching change, we move to another. The Buffalo Sabres did something rare in hockey world when they hired Ralph Kruger. 
They went outside the box. They skipped over the group of coaches who got hired in a never-ending circle, opting for fresh thinking from a worldly man. It started well in 2019. Players adored Kruger, calling him the best coach they ever had and an alpha male with the leadership skills to turn around the organization. They won his first game in Pittsburgh. They blew out New Jersey in his home opener, a game that harkened back to the good old days. Buffalo started a a dominating 9-2-1, and it seemed like a new era had begun. That era is over. With the Sabres sinking... With the Sabres sinking to the tank-like levels, Buffalo fired Kruger on Wednesday. It was inevitable. There was listless play on the ice and increasing distractions off it. The Sabres and their coach had descended to laughingstock status. That's from uh, The Athletic. (laughs) This guy, if if there's any guy that you should be so enamored with, it's this Ralph Kruger guy. He's a fucking character, man. This guy was he what coaching soccer three years ago. He was in like the English league or something. He fucking yeah. wrote a book South on Ham- motivation. Southampton yeah. for the APL. Yes, yeah. yes. He wrote like a book in German on player motivation called Family Ties or something. And he's fucking garbage. He's just the worst coach you could ever imagine. And he's what led Buffalo. This? He's led Buffalo to the worst, like the most cursed they've been in the last decade. I don't, I can't think of a worse no. time for this franchise than right now because now they actually have pieces. They've got pieces that are all underperforming. Eichel's injured for God knows how long. He's getting the injuries wrong on, on the reports. Everyone's got two goals or less. It's crazy, man. We went over this last episode, and it's getting worse. They're losing 4-1 as we speak. It's just, <laughs> there's no end in sight. Listen. I don't uh, know what happened here. Got, like, guys, I... As 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 a as a Leaf fan, like Toronto and, and Buffalo are rivals, and like you know, I used to relish in their pain, but it's gotten to the point where I feel like bad for them, like truly sad that they're playing this season, and the fans, if there still is any watching the games, have to sit through this. This oh guy, God. Ralph, this guy Ralph Kruger is a, is a clown. It's a circus over there. He 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 is. Every time he trots himself out in front of the media, it's just like leading lambs to a slaughter. And the fact that it took them like 12 games, a 12-game losing streak, who the fuck loses 12 games in the modern NHL to fire yeah. to fire his ass? Like, what is that organization doing? It's like, it's like you guys had a generational talent in Jack Eichel, a, a generational defenseman, or one of them at least, projected to be in Rasmus Dallin, and they oh still fuck things oh up. God. They still fuck things up. And like, it's, it's incredible from like an outsider's perspective being like, how the hell could it be? Like, this is probably the worst it's been because at least in the tank years, there's like, okay, we're building to something. We're going to build to something and get out of this. Now it's like, we have the pieces we tanked and we still can't win. So I like, there's got to be just like, you ever watch entourage where Ari gold goes through the old agency with like a paintball gun and just starts like picking off people. That's what's got to happen <laughs> in Buffalo. There's got to be like, seismic change because this is it's 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 pathetic the buffalo news the other day when they did the team rankings they ranked seattle kraken who have not even yes, played a yes, game yes. or drafted player above the buffalo sabers like yeah, it's yeah. Pitiful, it's pitiful to watch and like i don't know if it's just like the whole team like didn't buy into whatever system that ralph kruger was playing or maybe like pieces like skinner and hall have had their best days behind them but like, you know, to waste a talent like Jack Eichel is like 
like it's inexcusable. They should be ashamed of themselves, like ashamed. And like, you see it as a lead fan where it's like, this is what could have happened in Toronto. And it didn't, but God, man, like, this is like, like it, it's like you're running out of words every night to describe it. Like every night it's another gong show, another just stepping on the ice and getting, I don't even try. Like I watched the games against Pittsburgh and like, I don't think Pittsburgh is particularly that good of a team. Although they're playing very well. Like it's like, no effort at all. Just lifeless, lifeless hockey out there. It, it's terrible. It, it, like, I don't know how to describe it anymore. I'm conflicted with this team. Oh, how because, can you be conflicted? Yeah, where is the, where is the no, I know. I'm conflicted not with like, I know what they are. It's <clears throat> clearly evident what they are. I'm conflicted where I should stand on the issue. Because as the listeners know, Kyle and I have always had a soft spot for the Sabres in the organization in the city. Like I've always had a soft. I, I like the fans. I like the blue collar fans who are paying to sit in the lower bowls. They're, like those, those tickets they sell. It's not like Toronto where it's all Bay street owned. Like it, the, the, these are hardworking blue collar people paying to watch these games. Yes. Kyle and I talked to them at the Kelly's corners of the world's. And, and they're great people, very knowledgeable. And I, and I, I always wish them the best. The best isn't mm-hmm. coming to them, but I always wish them the best. But then I heard a take the other day and, and, I, and I, I couldn't help but kind of shake, like kind of a- agree with it and be like, you know what? Maybe this organization does deserve shit. And this came from our friend in uh, Montreal, uh, Mitch Gallo, uh, Kyle. And, uh, yeah. and he, he said... This all harkens back to the days of Buffalo tanking for McDavid and that season where oh, they would okay. they traded a goalie away. They had like they had like Michael Neuverth and he was getting shutouts and they traded him away so they could tank more. And then wow. and then when Brian Murray finally lost out on Eichel, you could see it in his face. He had a big tantrum. He came out all public and, and he that that right there showed as much as you needed to see about what this organization is, because no team in the modern era ever tanked, ever tried to lose to that extent. And, and, and what Gallo said was, if you're doing that, if you're doing that in this day's modern NHL, you don't deserve anything, any good to come to you. And after I heard right. him say that, I kind of nodded and I'm like, you know what? I think they had this coming. So uh, That's an excellent, excellent I, I think point. I've kind of changed my tune on Buffalo, to be honest. And that's so an that, excellent point. That, yeah, like just, that's a, just really quick. That's what set the curse. That is sure. what set the curse. Yeah. And that's an excellent point, Nick, uh, because if you look at like a lot of the teams now that are like at the bottom of the league, like Ottawa, for example, they're going to finish bottom four, but they try every night. They beat a lot of teams. The Leafs, when they were tanking for Matthews with Babcock, as bad as their record were, was they competed on a night to night basis. Like they would lose games. Like they had no talent. They had like Pete Parento and like Arcobello on the first line. It was it was awful. But they still competed. Even like Detroit and like these teams at the bottom of the league that are like bad teams. They don't. They still play hard. Like the Sabers is just like like I, I don't know like like how to describe it. Like it's just not. It, it's insane. But, and like the and like the Buffalo tank here. Yeah, like they were actively just like throwing pieces away and like. It, it, I, I don't know. It, it, the, the curse probably started back then, but it's just like, you know, you, you, I agree with you. I feel for these fans because they're great people. It's a good, it's a, it, you know, they embrace, you're right. They embrace the blue collar, like, you know, Nissa Buffalo. We're New York, but we're not in New York. We go to all the games. We try, we hate our building getting overrun by Leaf fans. I want a cheap sick mm-hmm. ticket, you know, and you just feel bad for them. Right. And, you know, the, for the fans, not the organization, the organization themselves should be ashamed. Like they need, like they should, they need to do like a, like a come to Jesus moment and, you know, rebuild. 
again. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. Like, all I know is that this whole era since that tank, it's the one constant because there's been so many different coaches, so many different players, so much turnover. The one constant is ownership, that <clears throat> Pagula family. And maybe they just don't mm -hmm. know how to run a team. I think like well, maybe they, they've had too many tries. Maybe they just don't know what they're doing. And, and as long as they stay there, I'm going to remain a skeptic. Those damn Italians. And you know what it is too? Like how does their, how do they not have an assistant general manager? They, yeah, they, what they're, the like, hell is that? they're like one of the only teams that doesn't have an assistant general manager. The only reason you took so long to fire Ralph Kruger is because you have like three or four coaches on the payroll because you've been firing them so much. They've gone through five coaches in six years. It's crazy. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph Kruger, he's owned 3.75 mil annually for the next three years. So he's basically jo he's joined him. the Babcock club. It's crazy. And oh. then we, we talk about Ico, but like it, it's scary to see Darlene's best year was his rookie year. He has declined since his rookie year. It's so scary to see. And like you, you wonder because there's pieces there. We, we've acknowledged this at the beginning of the season. There's pieces there, but there's something in the water, man. Everyone who goes to Buffalo underachieves. And then somehow if you move them out of Buffalo, something clicks. They just become a better player. Ryan O'Reilly is the perfect example of this happening. Like some shit is happening there that I cannot imagine. But I honestly, I will say There's this a, right now. I can't yeah. imagine Jack Eichel, a Buffalo Sabre, at the start of next year. I don't think it's going to happen. I really I don't. Why would you stay? Like, what what purpose would you stay? This guy is a <clears throat> generational talent. There's like, like the like he's among the best center, young centers in the game. You know, there's McDavid, there's Matthews, there's McKinnon, there's this guy. You know, like. You can't. And he's be not racing. close. He's not close no. to the playoffs. Not even close. No, they didn't even sniff it. They missed out on the bubble year last year. They couldn't <laughs> even get in the bubble. Montreal, <laughs> who had a terrible season, got in the bubble. They couldn't even get in the bubble. Like, what no. does the league have to do to get the? You know, and like, it's just it's insane because these like like the fans also like are doing their part. Cause I, I heard that they're like, some of them aren't even like renewing their season. Tick. They're not going to the games they're not purchasing them. And the fans are allowed in the building, which is good. They have to revolt. See, Leaf fans would never do that. Leaf fans would show up to the game regardless. So good for the Sabres yeah. fans on doing that. But I will say that, like, I agree with you. Like if I'm Jack Eichel and like, I'm telling my agent, like, get me the fuck out of here. Like I cannot waste another year of my prime playing for this dog no. shit organization. Like I'm too good. And he deserves to go to a place like New York or LA where he's going to shine and be in a competent organization. Like you feel bad for the guy, you know, you truly feel bad for him. Like, how do you, like, how do like, how do you, like, how does Dalene regress that badly? Like he, when he was in the world juniors, he was mesmerizing to watch play. If you remember him on Sweden in the world juniors. Oh, awesome. You know Incredible. what they said, Joe, the McDavid of defense is what they called him. He was absolutely incredible. And for him to play on Buffalo and like decline every single year. And like, I don't know what they were thinking on hiring this Kruger character, like came from soccer. Like who are they going to hire next? Like Leapy, the coach of the Italian national soccer. Like what, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you know, like, yeah, what are you going to sc scour Juventus and City on and look for another soccer coach? Like <clears> this <throat> fucking organization is, it's pitiful. It's, a, it's just a pitiful dump like I, I feel so bad for the fans oh, like, like i don't know what to say it's frustrating like, you're, you're <laughs> yeah like, it every, is every every night you check the score it's like oh four one four one three one four one like it's just like it, 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 it you know 
What's this going to be? Thirteen games now. It's going to be we, thirteen games. Like, as we, uh, I don't see them winning. I don't see them winning any other games. As we, like, I can't I'm imagine. Harsh here. I'm sorry if I'm being harsh here, but like, fuck. Like, what do you say? As we they, speak right now, uh, Rasmus Dahlin is a minus twenty-eight. Oh, great. oh my god. Oh my god. And like so their power sad. play, the only bright spot about Buffalo, I think their power play is like third or fourth <clears> in the league or something like that. Like you know what though, like but they haven't been doing anything lately, man. Like no. in this twelve-game losing streak, that the power plays dried up. Like they were scoring some power play goals early on. That's all they were doing. You know and you know what the funny to... thing is, the 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 Buffalo fans are saying what we're saying. Like they're not yes. dumb. They're absolutely no. they're not dumb. They're as pissed as, as we are. Like it's, if, if it's not more. Yeah, they're more pissed. Yes, of course. The Buffalo sports writers, like some of those guys, like Mike Harrington or some of those guys, like if you read their tweets, like they're saying like this is a pitiful organization. <clears throat> like if you look at like the replies to like the Buffalo Sabres Twitter account after a loss, it's just like what like, oh, like, like oh you guys. God. It's just like you guys are pathetic. Fire everyone. You guys fucking suck. <clears throat> like it's not even like like it's not just us. Like you're right. The fans themselves feel that way. Like they don't even have anything positive to say. You know, at least if, no. for example, if you're like a, a, a Senators fan, you're like, okay, at least we're yeah. like, oh. sometimes. and, you know, we got young pieces and, you know, you know, Melnick might fuck it up in the future, but you know, at least, yeah. you know, it looks competent on the ice right now. Oh. If you're Buffalo, like, what do you have to like, look forward to other than like, yeah. uh, like, I don't know, like other than like, a, like another like ownership change or another, sorry, another um, yeah. like GM change. Like, what do you have to look forward to? Yeah. This, the, oh, the Sens are a blast. Now, now imagine this. Imagine, they are. Now, uh, and it's not just like, Imagine you're Taylor Hall and you you're <laughs> trying to bet you're you're trying to bet on yourself, okay? You you got like let me let me have a show me year. I'm I'm gonna do a one year contract so I can try to build myself up. I had a kind of a shitty year. Mm-hmm. Colorado's on the table for you. You can take less money and go to Colorado, perhaps maybe flirt with a championship, or you can go yeah. to Buffalo, you know, and, and, <laughs> and do the Buffalo thing. Like this guy's lost millions of dollars for his family's estate. It's gone. He's Self. totally shot himself in the foot. It's gone. His, it career, his career is just now spiraling. And he's up, la- for, he's up for trade yeah. for anybody who wants it. I'm telling you. In, in the last game against New Jersey, there was a cut scene that showed Skinner in the box. Uh, and uh, there's a, I can't remember the player's name on New Jersey, but the player, the guy from New Jersey, if you read his lips, he was like the Jeff Sinner. He's like, you're the most overpaid player in the league. You got like fucking three goals. And he was just chirping him from the penalty box. And rightly so, like Jeff Skinner, it like I said in first year, I don't know if Nick, you remember this, but I said in first year, that was a fucking shit contract because he's never going to score 40 goals again. And lo and behold, I was fucking right because he's shit. Yeah. And like, it, it, in addition to that, it's just like, you know, how do you move some of these contracts? Like, who's <clears throat> taking that Skinner contract? No one. Nobody. No one's Nobody. taking that contract. Who the fuck is taking that money? No one. Like, it's you have to not, retain just, massive dollars on that. Oh, yeah. They're, fu- they're like, just so fucked. Like, they, like, I don't even, they're so fucked. I don't even know how fucked they are. Like, that's and, and, fucked they are. And Kruger doesn't even bother to try to salvage the situation. He's yeah, scratching like, he scratches him. him. Like, what are you He's doing? He's on the fourth like, line. What's he going to do? Like, why? Make an ass of your GM at the same time of being an ass of yourself. Dude, Skinner's at <laughs> 9 million until 2027. 20, oh my God. He's 11% of the cap. Also, that's, like more, Kyle, than, that's more than Pasternak. Insane. Kyle. That's Kyle more than Crosby. Opozo is like 6 million up until 2023. Like, there's 
oh my god it's just it's it's just bad like and you know what the point you know who i feel bad for the most poor dylan cousins that beautiful man oh. from the yukon has got to play in that putrid fucking organization and ruin him. That's a guy who I like. I think he's a great character guy. And the yeah. fact that they had to make him drop the gloves that time and fight the rookie fighting to try and spark on the team, like hang your head in shame. Like just go to yeah, the ECHL agreed. or the AHL, whatever I'll have you. Like get out of here. Agreed. The only thing that can save Buffalo now is Eichel for Lafreniere one for one. That's it. That's the only saving grace here. But I'll tell you what, I remember I was listening to your last show. And you guys are talking about, would you rather go to the California teams or Buffalo? If I'm a superstar, I still would take Buffalo only because winning in Buffalo Thank means you. so much more Thank than winning you. in Anaheim or LA. No one gives a fuck if LA wins the cup, except for exactly. no one cares. No one cares if Anaheim wins the cup. Yeah. No one cares if San Jose wins the cup, but they care if Buffalo wins the cup because Buffalo is a football and hockey city. They you care. are getting statues, statues in gold. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, it, I agree. It is one it, aside from maybe like you know, like New York and shit like that. Like winning in Buffalo is one of the biggest American markets to win in. It it, it is like you would be yeah. a legend, right? Yeah. Those guys consider Chris Drury and like Pominville playoff legends, and you know yeah. they didn't win anything. But like Eichel could have been the guy if oh, they managed the team right. He could have had a statue of him. He has the opportunity, the same opportunity Matthews has in Toronto, and actually, and, and he didn't do it. So. Oh, it's so, de- so and, and enough, enough Buffalo bashing. I need to get my, I need to go on a lighter topic here. I'm, yeah. I'm getting depressed thinking about it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, one more, I have one on. more question for you guys. Like just to shut the, the Buffalo topic up. One more question. Um, can you, can either of you tell me who uh, John Eichel is? Who is no. John Eichel? Nick? No idea. John Robert Eichel. Who is this? Is that Jack Eichel's real name? J- Jack Eichel's real name is John. It's not ah. even changed. It, it's just simply John. It's John, just Johnny it, Eichel. It is a fact. It, it's the birth certificate. It's the yearbook. He's admitted it. Everyone just calls him Jack. It's not really Jack. I I was well, it, blown away by this. And from now the on, vibes going on, from now on, I'm only going to call him Johnny Eichel. John, That's Johnny it. Eichel. I could not believe that. I was like, fuck you, shit. Like, the only reason it came out, he was playing with a little kid. He was playing with a five-year-old for a Tim Hortons commercial. And he's like, you don't want to You want to know a secret? My real name's John. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? So John Eichel is the man of the hour from now on. It's amazing. We move to a lighter topic, as Joe requested. Last Wednesday afternoon, the Walt Disney Company, ESPN, and the National Hockey League announced a seven-year television streaming and media rights deal. The agreement will run from the beginning of the 2021-2022 season through the 2027-2028 season. The deal includes exclusive coverage of the Stanley Cup final on ABC in four of the seven years of the agreement. 25 exclusive national regular season games on ABC or ESPN. 75 national regular season games per season produced by ESPN that will stream exclusively on both ESPN Plus and Hulu. Half of the Stanley Cup playoffs on ABC and ESPN each season and much more. 
The deal, which includes traditional broadcast and streaming elements, will see ESPN ABC air four of seven Stanley Cup finals over the course of the arrangement, will pay the NHL close to $420 million a season, according to multiple sources. The ESPN deal, also known as the A package, will be paired with a B package, with a yet-to-be-named network, likely bringing in close to $200 million in additional revenue. As for the so-called B package, which will include three of seven NHL Cup games, NBC is interested in maintaining its partnership with the NHL. Meanwhile, Fox is making a hard push, according to a source. In total, the NHL is poised to net approximately 600 mil to 620 mil annually from its national TV package. Though that's a notable increase over the previous deal, it's not as lucrative as the 750 mil that sources said Bettman were, uh, was aiming in the pre-pandemic time. Um, lastly, the NBC still wants to be involved with the NHL. The network said as much Wednesday, still the network is at a crossroads in deciding how much it actually wants the NHL package. According to a source, NBC is big on the NFL and Sunday night football, while it's also heavily invested in the EPL with its sports content, moving to USA network after NBC sports network is shuttered. There's a real possibility that NBC steps away from hockey. If NBC doesn't step away, it'll have competition from Fox, according to industry observers who noted that the NHL leaving the rights open to the Stanley Cup final every other year was a smart negotiation tactic for the league in securing A and B packages. CBS has also reportedly kicked some tires on the deal, but is considered more of a dark horse than NBC and Fox. Um, lots to take in there. Oh, and finally... Uh, for those who know, uh, the, my, one of my favorite calls, the Paul Korea goal in the Stanley Cup final called by mm. Gary Thorne. As fans of certain age will remember, Thorne was ESPN's lead NHL voice from 92 to 2004, calling games on ESPN and ABC, including the postseason. He memorably teamed with at analyst Bill Clement to call the Stanley Cup finals from 93 to 04 including two years with John Davidson as a third broadcaster. He called some of sports' biggest moments, including Wayne Gretzky passing Gordie Howe's all-time gold mark in 94. There was also the end of hockey's most famous Stanley Cup drought, including the Rangers in 94 and the Red Wings three years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big question, how interested Thorne will be? He says, I'd love to talk to them about it. Thorne said neither he nor his agent have reached out to ESPN yet, but have said he would love to hear the details. Uh, He said, quote, I'd love to talk with ESPN and see what direction they're going in, uh, what the schedule is going to look like and all that. But from the primary foundational question of, is that something I'd be interested in? He said, yes. Um, So, yeah, sorry to go on that diatribe, fellas, but lots to get into there. So, uh, I mean, what do you want to take a stab at first here? This is I love this. I'll take it. I'll I'll take it first. Go ahead. Um, I was listening to your speech there. And what I could take in most of all was the potential reunion of Pierre Maguire and Darren DeChisson ah. on the set of on the set of TSN when one man in, in particular's stick is long from time to time. <laughs> and this is all I could take in was Pierre's getting fired from NBC. It's terrible. This is awful news. This is this couldn't be worse for the league. Like revenue will be shot to the floor. This is awful, awful news. If NBC goes down because of ESPN, I'm out. I'm done with this sport. 
I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Like I think that this is like good for the game of hockey, you know? Like this is like you know, I, I sent out a tweet when they uh when they announced the deal. I'm like, this is great for the game of hockey. Like I, I wanna see hockey on Sports Center in the United States. I wanna see like Stephen A. Smith joking around for hockey. Like the NHL's biggest problem is that outside of like the north and like major cities, no one really gives a shit about hockey. But if it's on Sports Center every night and if it's required to be contractually required to be on Sports Center every night, this can only do wonders for the game. The salary cap's gonna go up. More people, kids in the United States are going li- to like hockey. And like, like I said, like, I want like there to be shows on ESPN. Like, you know, for example, like every football, like every football Sunday, they have like NFL Sunday countdown. And some people like prefer even just like, you know, you get all your news from that. And like some people, they always watch it before the games. I want something like that with the NHL in the States where there's like a panel of like knowledgeable hockey people. They sit there, they break down all the games and they make it palatable for the majority of the American audience. So I think this is like a, a great thing. For the NHL, like and like for hockey as well, they have to grow the game, right? That's the problem with the NHL. They've never been able to grow the game outside of specific American markets. Like I think it's great that ESPN does this. And like I was looking at all the classic like ESPN NHL on ESPN, like the song and shit. Like it's going to be great. Like it's going to be awesome. And the, and like Stephen A. Smith, I don't know if you saw it. He sent out that tweet of him. He's like 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 a top five countdown of like what he knows about hockey, which is nothing, but it's hilarious because Stephen A. Smith has like millions of Twitter followers. And be like, oh shit. Hockey's here. Like, you know, it, you know, we're, maybe we'll pay attention. It's cool, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, hockey, like, say what you want, like, about the game itself. Like, it's a much, in my opinion, and I think, like, objectively speaking, it's like a, like a, a better game to watch than, like, football, for example. Like, football is, like, there's a lot, of course. Like, especially if, if you're not into football, like, it's relatively <clears throat> easy to understand the rules of hockey. Like, yeah, like, you obviously, when people see, like, goals called back, like, what is that? But like, if you don't, if you didn't grow up watching football to learn the rules of football, to like sit there and watch and be like, why are they stopping? Like, what's this flag? Like, what's the line on the field? Why is there like four different clocks? You know, hockey is a much more palatable sport to like teach people, right? Get on the ice, score more goals than the other team, right? It's, you know, it's not that difficult. So yeah, no, I think this is um, very good for the NHL. Like I, 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 I'm, yeah. For the record, I was kidding about it not being good. Oh, Oh yeah! I was, no, I, I was. Yeah, I, oh my I, god! You were so. I was just doing. Mag- I was doing I was the McGuire like, bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is. I agree. Everything you said, per, right on the money. This is. This is. This is great. This is great. Yeah. I. Amazing. I like as just someone who like who travels through the states <clears throat> a lot and who's been to a lot of motels and hotels and you know Buffalo to Florida to California. Holiday in. Holidays in exactly. Kyle and I were recently in Buffalo. Like it. You always see ESPN on the TV. They uh, like every motel is going to have ESPN and they never have hockey on. It's always basketball or football Football. or baseball. And it's it tires me to hell. And I'm sure it tires Kyle. I'm sure he flicks it on and goes, what the the hell is this ESPN? He's probably shook. Oh, they will cover. They'll cover college like college baseball before they cover hockey. Yes. Yes. And. It's got to be frustrating for people who, especially like, for example, let's say if you're like a diehard like Dallas Stars fan, aside from like your local regional broadcast, you're not getting like, this is like, this is equivalent to like them having now like a sports net, like the home of hockey in the United States. Like this is what this is now, which is huge mm. for them. That's huge for the game. Like I, it's, I, you can't be understated how good this is for hockey. I, I have distinct memories of a family road trip in Arizona 
and just being, I was 12 and I was appalled. I was like, what is going on here? I've been watching this television for an hour, all hour, just to see some Pittsburgh highlights. I had to go on satellite radio, satellite fucking radio in the car and have everyone in the family subjected to the Pittsburgh game. It was brutal. It's the only way I could take it in. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I'm very excited. But they are the big brand. I, I love seeing that red logo, and and I and I and I think it'll promote the game. And I think it's 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 as you guys said, it'll be great. And and I in you to your point, Joe, that song sounds like it's going to be back, which is fantastic. Those Kyle, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube, type in ESPN. This is Sports Center. There's these amazing commercials. Uh, back in the day of these of the of the NHL players like in the offices of the ESPN studio and they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to yeah. do I, I, it's good for Batman. It's a good business decision. Amazing. And Very good. Uh, like I, I give the guy a lot of shit. We all do. But this one, this well, one, yeah, we all hate him. But kudos. Yeah. Good for him. The contract's pretty lucrative. The salary cap's going to go up. It's only going to help the league and, and, and yeah, you know, grow the game. It's you can't say enough good things about it. No. Like I'm almost tempted now, like to like try to find like illegally like ESPN streams and like see how they broadcast it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Great. Like I want to. Do they hire? Right. Yeah. Who do they hire? Do they get Gary and Thorne? What a haul that would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would love Gary Thorne back. It would be great. You know. You know. What, you know what I think the key is is I I believe especially from the Sportsnet perspective is that the uh, intermission report and and that jargon is brutal. With what we have Horrible. now, like the Sportsnet stuff is just so fucking boring. It's awful. Like awful. it's just factual. Oh, here's what's going on around the league, and oh, this was a, a, a an interesting play by like yeah. fuck off. Le- what yeah, is wrong at least, with like, you? That's the thing. At least like TSN has like the quiz, and like it's kind of interesting. Like I also just generally prefer the TSN analysts to the yeah. Sportsnet ones. But like, no, like I completely agree. Like they're, they're going to like, I want them to hire like top notch people because they're probably going to have to still sell it to the American market. So they will. And like, you want to see like good breakdowns, stuff like that. Cause the problem again in the States too, is like you have all these local markets, like in their local regional broadcasts. And a lot of those guys that are on those broadcasts, like if you listen to like an FS one, like Florida game, like those guys have no idea. Like no, they don't know anything about hockey. Like even the intermission is like they got some plug yeah. they pulled out like a junior that's like saying, well, the puck's got to go in the net, right? You can only win if you score mm-hmm. more goals than the other team. We don't need that. You want like good in-depth coverage, yes. right? Like have a right? fucking decent con. Like what? Yes. Tell, tell me this. What yes. person under 30 years old is sitting down and watching this, these intermission reports? Nobody. Nobody. No Do you watch the intermission report? No. No. Dude, I get, no I get way. up and do literally anything. Like I'll do anything, anything at before all. I sit there and watch it. Even if it's a fucking playoff game, I'm not interested, don't, man. Don't care. Don't care. Well, here's the thing. Here's what concerns me. ESPN and TSN, they've always been like they're similar. They're like they're almost like brother and they're sister su- companies. Well, they're subs- I think it's a subsidiary, no? Yeah. Like TSN So here's my is, concern. Here's my concern. I'm worried ESPN is going to steal some of our talent. I think they're going to, I think some of the TSN people for money's sake might jump over the border. That's my theory. Probably. I would, hey, I would that, not that, be surprised. Is, yeah. It's a good yeah, theory. I could, I could, I could see like one of like my, my dad was telling me this the other day. He's like, I could see like Bob McKenzie coming out of retirement and like going to like ESPN to do like segments and shit. Sure. You know, like they could, they, they need guys like that. Right. Even guys like, du- like Duffy, like, you know, you oh. hate to see them go because they're like professionals. Like, 
like for me, like the biggest threat would be like, I don't want any of the overdrive guys to go. I, I love that. No, like, they're, I, they're amazing. amazing. They're amazing. Amazing. Like noodles, O-Dog and like the haze. Like you, you can't say enough good things about that show. It's just so funny. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a good blue collar show for like the everyman. Oh. Like they crack jokes. And you know, like the, the competing station at that time was like Bob McCowan, who, you know, like Bob McCowan was brilliant. Yeah. He's was a very smart man, but I could not listen to him because like, there'd be times you tune in and be like, so let's discuss the uh, Vegas breakdown of the, uh, the new stadium. Like no one gives a fuck about that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care about that. My, my dad hear, like, loved him. But... Golfing stories. Yeah. My dad loved him yeah, too, but school. I couldn't listen. Very to old that. school. Right. Like Honestly, he, he, pro- he, yeah, he knows more about sports than all of them, but I want to hear about O-Dog's golf stories and like the graph yes, and like Al's yes, brother. I don't want to, yes, I don't yes. want to hear about the business implications of Vegas moving their stadium up, up in Reno. I don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, Overdrive is the best thing to happen to radio since I've followed sports. I'm not Amazing. even, I'm not even Incredible. exaggerating. Like I really, I, I would sit there the entire time. I sit in my car sometimes when I'm home just to finish off what they have to say. I, I, you know, the, the trip is I, over. My car ride is over. I want to yeah. keep listening. Those guys, they came out what like a cut, like probably came out like when I was like mid undergrad, probably like in the middle of it. And like, yeah. I like those guys that like, got me through like studying and like, you know, you're just sitting there listening to them. Like it can't say enough good things about those guys. Like those, they, they're all professionals they are all funny, you know? And it was a different type of radio show too, where it was like, it wasn't just sports, 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 or like hockey. Yeah. Like, these guys mix in personal anecdotes Yes, and like some of those yes. anti- like like when they started talking about like the first time they bought like the 4030 like Wrangler grit grinder, fucking hilarious. Yes. Like yes. fucking so funny. This is this is the kind of energy they need for these TV yes. segments. Yes. Like like why does it have to be contained to radio? Like everyone like even when you get O Dog on a on a TV hit, he's more uptight. He's, he's he's like this, the the tie is 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 right up to the neck. It's like it, it, it's better, but you know, you can tell he's on radio. He lets loose a little more, you know, on radio. He like wears like, like helmets and shit. He like puts on. Yeah. Like, he's hilarious. It's yeah, great. He's it's great. Yeah. They need that personality to sell. Yeah, hockey in the uh, States. Exactly. I guarantee you. They, will. they make it like a blue collar. You still got, you got to watch the video where the Armageddon wing challenge where he eats the wings. Oh, yeah. from okay. You got to watch that after the show. Just load yeah, it up I in the queue. How, have, have it in the queue. I love when they have, um, Jonas Siegel on and like Jeff O'Neill calls him like a nerd for being like a hockey analyst and they do like trivia fucking hilarious like you know good 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 for them like you can't say enough good things about the guys okay well I think we move on to our, our shotgun episode our shotgun segments here so we'll have to be a little more swift with these and I'll start with uh, some more news that broke league related in the past couple weeks uh, the league made a proposal that it would make three large-scale changes to the uh, draft lottery. Two of them would go into effect in 2022, and one would go into effect in 2021. Here are the three proposed rule changes. One, teams would be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. Two, teams would only be allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. And three, there would be a reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two. So those are your three. I, I, I pose the question to you two. Which of those three <coughs> sticks out to you the most? Do you think it's warranted? Uh, what, what do you make of these proposed changes? I, I like, yeah, the rule that sticks out to me is like, what was it? You can't win like the lot. What was it? You can't win the lottery uh, two, like three times or what? Two, two times in, in three years or in a five yeah, year period. Of- you can't win two in a five year period. I'm I not think into that's. That. 
I guess they're trying to address like, the whole Edmonton fiasco tanky. where they just they went off. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's in, like it's interesting to me because it's like obviously on the one hand you want to discourage tanking, right? And you don't want like an Edmonton situation when they get like fucking like was like four first round picks and like you know like like five or six years. Like you want to discourage that, but at the same time it's like you know it, it might hurt some of these small market teams that like. You know, like, what if you're, like, really, really bad and, like, you know, you need to, you know, the more, like, because, like, a first-round pick can change the franchise. And remember, like, winning the draft lottery itself, if you don't win in a year where you have a generational player, it still might not move the needle. You know what I'm no. trying to say? Look at like, you can have, yeah. Exactly. He's sure. Guys like that, like, are, are fucking, you could, like, you could conceivably win the draft lottery twice in a row and have, like, a Yakupov and a Heesher. That does nothing for your franchise, especially if you're a small market team. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems a bit like it seems like the NHL is just like getting a little gun shy here and like trying to prevent tanking after like the whole Buffalo fiasco. And like even openly Mike Babcock, that fucking piece of shit, went on the TV and said like, oh, well, yeah, we were just losing for Matthews that year. Right. So they're trying to combat that. But I think mm -hmm. I, I think it's it's not black and white because people automatically assume, oh, you win the draft lottery, you're getting a great player. You're going to get a you might get a good player. But like, if you don't tank for like a McDavid, a Matthews, or an Eichel under normal circumstances, and not Buffalo, um, you know, it might not move the needle, right? It, it still might not move the needle. So yeah, I, I think that's kind of bush league from the league, no? Yeah, no, I, you know what? I, I like the I like the idea of not moving up more than ten spaces. I think that's totally that's fair. Cool. Yeah. Um, the top two, sure. Like you don't have to you don't have to lottery all three picks. But what you said, like. Two years in a row, because what, what if you're Ottawa who tries every night, you know, yeah. you, you've, you've, you've landed in last, sure, and then you've accidentally won the lottery, sure, nice, but now you're out of what, the Shane Wright or, or, or the Connor Bedard lottery? Like, what? Yeah, fuck that. You, yeah, you'd be pissed. Shit. That's not right, man. You can do yeah, two like in a that. row. You, you, you can do two in a row. It's just two in the span of five years. No more uh, than two. No more than two. That's... It's still bullshit because it takes a long time to rebuild. Like things yeah, don't yeah. just happen overnight. Like teams like the Leafs and shit, like that's an anomaly that usually doesn't happen. But like, you know, like how how long has Ottawa or like how long have some teams been rebuilding? Look at Buffalo, you know? Well, they're there it might be they actually might be an anomaly too. But there are a lot of teams that, for example, like five years, like you might just be hitting the stride where you're making the playoffs, right? You know? And and again, like yeah. it's all about the quality of those picks. Like you can get like lottery ball a bunch of good players if you win the draft lottery. But if you don't have like a generational talent, it still might not move <clears> the line. And all it does is, all it does is hurt small market teams like Ottawa and, 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 you know, right. Oh my God. What? McKinnon just had a, a an all world play for this goal. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, on that Joe, Chase, on that. This guy's game watching and not even paying attention. Sad. Uh, no, I, I, I do. I was listening very intently. I do believe the reason they're coming up with all these intricate little details is because other than the 2021 draft, you're looking at two very, very, very important and perhaps generational drafts in 2022 and 2023. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I, like I was set, uh, showing Nick some, some highlights there. Uh, this guy, Connor Bedard, who's just gotten exceptional status to the WHL first in history. Uh, if you know, if you know exceptional status players, they usually if they can get over a point per game, they're McDavid, they're right, they're Shane Wright, they're amazing. Yeah. Over this guy's 15. He's got eight points in four games. He's scored in every fucking game. He's unbelievable. 
so far in the WHL. Like, and he's going in 2023. The guy going behind him, Matvey Michkov, is being compared to Ovechkin for his goal scoring. It, mm. It's like if th- those two years are going to be like, like who is Lafreniere? Like nobody. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm still asking. But then 2021 is, is going to be such a dud draft. It's like pick up a decent defenseman and, and move along. Which is why, which is why, Nick, I like you and I both, we're not really following 2021. Usually we'd be doing draft analysts like stuff every I've been other reading. week. I've been or reading. Whatever. I've been re- it's interesting. Like it's interesting that it's not very way. interesting. It, it is it's kind of inter- it is kind of interesting because you don't have like stars to follow, but I like it when there's more parody and you don't really know who should be number one and it's a little more of a debate. It's an interesting year. It's it's a refreshing uh, at the very least, but- it's a little refreshing. But you wouldn't be able awful, to like fill out a, a, a later first round. Like the lottery like won't just... be as exciting. The lottery won't be as exciting because the first round pick repercussions won't be as is 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 profound because there isn't a consensus a consensus number one. And it's always more fun when there's a everyone's going after the consensus number one. Mm-hmm. It is. I agree. But oh it'll God, lead to better discussion about who should be number one. And there's about like four guys in that discussion. Uh, sure. something off topic like you know we're looking at like nhl contracts like this is fucking like I, this the dolphins my football team their football team just signed a player one year and he's like a mid-tier wide receiver not even that good for nine million six hundred and thirty five thousand dollars with up to three million dollars in incentives the fucking disparity between hockey contracts and the rest of the fucking sporting world is absolutely insane yeah, yeah, it is completely off topic. But like, I was just looking at it, like, oh my god, could you imagine like that? Uh, anyways, especially fucking baseball. How do these guys get so much money? No one fucking oh goes god. to the games. You know what? And, like, and it's like ten bucks to go, man. Like, I don't. Get I gotta it. tell you, I have a soft spot in my heart for baseball. I I was a, I, I'm a Jays fan now, but I grew up as a Yankees fan. Like Derek Jeter was one of my favorite athletes of all time, and I got really into like the MLB video games. So I always have a soft spot for baseball, but it's so hard to watch. Like. I watch every regular season Leaf game and I can watch any hockey game that's on TV, but I can't sit down and watch a full Jays game if it's meaningless. I, I can't. It's too boring. Nine innings yeah, long. Exactly. It's slow as fuck. You're, you're, you it's know, crazy. It's, it's just, it's like, it's more of an, I think that's more of an older, um, you know, an older generation sport where they can sit down and appreciate it. But like for the younger generation, like no one wants to watch that. Like, I'm sorry. No. Like, it's just not exciting. But yet like some shit duster gets like 10 million. Seriously, like what the about best... the NBA? Bench players yeah. get like thirty million. Like it's, oh, it's nuts. God. Meanwhile, oh Jason, God. Spets, Jason Spets is out here making seven hundred k, busting his ass oh. every night. That's <laughs> crazy. That poor, that poor man. Speaking that's of like salaries, fucking, uh, that's speaking of salaries. <laughs> we move along. Kyle's arch Nick's nemesis. Trying, Nick's trying to get this show back on the rails. Kyle's yeah, arch yeah. nemesis got Ooh. paid. Jordan Binnington signs a six-year, oh. six-million AAV contract. No. Kyle will be Kyle will be happy to hear that immediately after signing the deal, the first thing he did was hop in his Jeep and go on a 45-minute drive around the city of St. Louis and reminisce about his career. Um, he is uh, he's at peace. He is now at peace. He can now sleep well at night knowing he has been paid. Uh, this now puts him as the 10th highest-paid goalie in the league. 
Uh, that's behind from one to 10 Price, Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, Rask, Fleury, Gibson, Murray, Hellebuck. And just to contextualize it, Hellebuck 6.17, Murray 6.25, Gibson 6.4, Fleury and Rask at seven. So there you go. How the, so, fuck, uh, is, how the fuck is Murray in that conversation? Well, that was that's the one anomaly <laughs> there. That that that's just Dorian <laughs> no, being no, Dorian. But that, I, no, that's the that's the Ottawa tax. Right. Well, I I digress. Uh, I digress. Uh-huh. Uh, what is this? Are the Blues going to regret this signing, Kyle Mice? Honestly, I think they will. I, I I think Bennington was a real flash in the pan. You know what I was listening to the other day? I was listening to Chris Johnson of Sports Center. Or sorry, Sportsnet. Ask ask very candidly, who would you have in net for the for the Olympic team? He said Bennington, and I just I fell off my chair. I was like, Are you shitting me right now? This is the, good- this is the main guy you're gonna you're gonna get. Like, is this the best we can do, Bennington? The, Bennington is such a flash in the pan kind of storyline. It's not even funny. Like he's gonna be like the next Matt Murray. That's what's gonna happen to him. He won a mm. cup as a young guy. And sure. now he's like he's wa- he's gonna be washed up, man. I'm telling yeah. you, this yeah. guy is not the real deal. He's not the real deal. I've always been skeptical about Bennington. Like, I agree. Like, I thought he just had like a really good playoffs. Like, he's still like a good goalie, but I don't know if he's going to. I don't know for long term success how he's going to be. But also, like, I think it just runs deeper with him because like he's a very unlikable person. Yeah. Um, you know, like so those, shenanigan- those shenanigans he pulled in San Jose that other night. And obviously his passing discretions is just, you know, I, I think he's a bit of a clown. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think the Blues will uh, will come to regret this. I don't like the direction they're headed in. No, he's got he's got bad numbers this year, too. A 907, uh, a 282 goals yeah, against. And, yeah, it's... Uh, he's not oh, sorry, the... Not, uh, 904, yeah. 904, I yeah. should say. I uh, he, he, This guy, yeah... As a as as the lone blues fan, I will basically tell you. I think it, I it catches me as a move they they had to make. They like they had to make. They were almost forced into it. Like there's no next sure. next coming guy. There's no other goaltender there. There's Jake no Allen's the moved on. I mean, Villy Huso is the backup, and and they think he's got some pedigree, but. I mean, he's not ready for big time minutes and, and they already did the bridge. Right. They already did like the test me contract. So at this point, I was either yeah. let him walk or, or pay yeah, up. Okay. And the reality is you look at the resume. I'm sure that contract negotiation, they, they looked at his numbers, how many wins he's won the past three years, the, the splits, the cup. And at that point, six for six was warranted. And so I think it, I wow. I don't know I don't I don't I don't particularly like the goalie I don't I don't think he's in a, the top third of goalies in the league he's probably somewhere between like the you know the 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 in that in that second third group um, mm-hmm. and and I for that money I don't know but to me it's a move they had to make because they they let Petro a- they, let, they let Petrangelo walk by that time they had money mm-hmm. to spend they sit they spent sure. it on Krug and then if you had to pay six six to get your starter then they paid six six to get the starter so there you go yeah to, yeah I, I think it was just a um, a, uh, to a situation done. where he well he had the leverage right I mean yep. in this like negotiation it's like you guys have no one to back me up. I, I, I'm still an upper echelon goalie in the league. And, uh, you know, it's either you pay me or some team, you know, that has the cap space will, right? So he won the best mm. of that exchange, right? And, uh, you know, let's say what you want about the guy. Like, he obviously, I, I disagree with his, like, his, I, I think he has a lot of character issues. But, like, overall, I mean, like, he's a very, very, very competent goalie in the NHL. And you could do a lot worse 
at least from a playing standpoint than Jordan Bennington. And uh, yeah, like, you know, listen, <clears> Hey, he, uh, he, he married it. He made, he made his money off his pedigree in the playoffs and the blues are hoping to recapture that again. Uh, will they, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, I just think, I think my, me and Kyle are just saying, you know, for long-term success, like we don't know if that's, mm. if he's going to ever play like that again. Cause that was an unprecedented like playoff success, right? That was unprecedented numbers in those playoffs. Right. So, you know, we'll see. Right. Yeah. It's just for, hard, to, hard, the... to, hard to root for the guy. Hard oh yeah. Very, very hard. Very. For the record, you know? I'm, I'm not at all surprised by the numbers or the term. Like, like right. you said, it had to be done. Absolutely not eyebrow raising at all. What you said. It's just, I wouldn't, I don't like it. You know, I just don't like the guy and you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the blues long-term either, to be honest, as a team. So no, neither do I. I think when they brought in Tory Krug, that started the decline of the uh, the St. Louis Blues as we know them. No, they, they've as a guy who's watched about half their games, it's been an up and down year. They've probably been riddled by injuries more than any other team in the league. Uh, we're talking really? Rob, Robert Thomas long term, Colton Pareko long term. Right. Um, so they've had some. Uh, they've had some. Okay. Jaden okay. Jaden Schwartz long term. Come on. Uh, they've look, they've look lost Colorado. a lot. Ty, Tyler Bozak long term. They've been really well, even, hurt. even even the Leafs have had massive massive amounts of injuries and they've still kept winning. The, but, yeah, this really these these have really hurt them and they haven't looked the same. Mm. So I I think when everyone gets back and healthy they'll be fine. But right now, if you look at the standings, okay. they're just clinging to that fourth spot. LA's right behind a, them, like two points back. In a very in a weak division too. Uh, I wouldn't say so. Those top three teams have been pretty elite: Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota. Yeah, but the bottom the bottom the bottom of that division is terrible. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm just saying the four that make it will be deserving. They will be four sure, of contenders, course, of course, yeah. which, no, which I can't no really, I can't say that about the, the central where the fourth spot there is no. either going to be Chicago or Colombo or Dallas, you know, you know, the you know, cent- what, the Nick? central is terrible. Yeah. I, I, I could actually see St. Louis in trouble of not making it with, with that's LA what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying to yeah. you guys. They're clinging yeah, on LA, to the LA. fourth and LA's playing LA well. LA really came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah they are. They have a game in hand as well. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. That's why I'm saying they just lost to LA yesterday. It was a huge loss for the blues, but I, yeah. they, they're convinced reading. I read all the reports, Jeremy Rutherford and the athletic. I read all the reports. Apparently they're bank. They're not really going to make a trade. They're banking on the guys returning from injury making a difference. The Parecos and the Schwartzes right. and the Bozaks. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I think they'll be fine, but it's going to be like uh, they're going to save their best play for the end. And I and I think that's what you expect out of a veteran group, like a group that's mini pl- prime for the playoffs. You know, they, they, we're going to go hard the last 20 games, but until yeah. we get to those last 20 games, we're kind of just going to measly, you know, uh, you know, go at a slow pace. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're asking for you're asking for a date with Vegas in round one, you know. Well, that's a date. A date in that. A date. You either got Colorado or Vegas, right? Like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough tough road either way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Um, Okay, moving on from one goalie to another goalie. For the first time since February seventh, Robin Leonard came out of hiding uh, yesterday. He uh, he stepped to the podium. And gave an inspirational <laughs> talk about mental health. He uh, he basically got up there, and the, the the interviewer asked him a question. He said, "Hey, what do you think of the rumors swirling out there that your absence the last month and a half has been because of mental health issues and not an actual injury?" And he basically replied, saying, uh, "Listen, by n- I, I think that disgusts me, and by now I should be getting the benefit of the doubt 
that I'm not hiding behind any of that bullshit because I'm a stand-up guy and I've been outspoken about this cause. So uh, I'm sure you guys heard about this. Uh, what, what did you, yeah. very briefly, what did you think of these comments? Gutless question from the reporter. Yeah, agreed. Like, there's no one in the NHL that's been more outspoken about his and more candid about his mental health issues than Mr. Leonard. Uh, and all, all respect to him. And yeah, no, I think I, I think that was just a gutless question from a reporter that was fishing for like a quote. Um, mm. But no, I, I really, really like the response from Leonard. He's like, look, like I've, I always am candid with you guys about mental health issues. And even if he decided not to be, that's completely his business. Like, this is not like, you know, these are like serious issues. And if he wants to even keep them, you know, why is that reporter even entitled to like ask that question or know about that information? And not that Leonard wouldn't talk about it because he does, he has, and, and, and will continue to do so. He says that he's an ambassador for mental health. I just thought when I read that, I'm like, I couldn't believe someone had the balls like to ask that mm. question to him of all people. Like, are you serious? Like, you, you, you just don't do that to a guy like Robin Leonard, who, who is basically, I think for me, is the poster boy for mental health of the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's I my mean, opinion. A, a reporter trying to pander to a storyline that would obviously get a ton of clicks right. is just a gutless, gutless play. It's a gutless it's play. It's Steve Simmons-esque. It's Steve Simmons-esque. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, yeah. the guy, I mean, I mean for for him to to be the guy to come out and and share this kind of stuff shouldn't mean that he has to be plastered with it every time he's out with an injury, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, just uh, I, yeah, I don't have much to add on that point. The one thing that interests me is as a Flurry and Leonard owner now that he's back into the fold is you're upset. This well, I'm not. I'm not like I'm not upset. Like I'm just very curious. Because we're in a situation where this veteran is basically having a Vezina type season. He is, as of right now, first in, tied for first in shutouts, uh, second in GAA and save percent, respectively, and third in wins. So by all accounts, he's in the running for the Vezina. He started just as many games as anyone else. He started 21 games. So if you're DeBoer, my boy, do you keep giving the baton to him going, this is a remarkable, like a guy at this age has a shot at the Vezina. Like this is really something. And I got to give him the ball and keep him running. Or do you go back to what you were doing before? Rest him for the playoffs, oh, split the timing. I, I have it on good to Toronto. I, I have it on good terms that the, the Vegas manager McPhee, they interviewed him this past week. They asked him what we should do. And he said he would like a split. He would like the two splitting starts for the end of the year. So does, well, DeBoer, I just, does DeBoer listen to management? That's my question for you guys. Yes. Does he listen to management and do yes. the split or does he, does he give this, this, this veteran his last shot into the sunset? What do you guys think? No, dude, you got, you got to give him a split at, at Flurry's age. Like if you want him to be competent for the playoffs, you need to rest him. Right. Kyle? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I was listening to Montreal radio. Alan Walsh was on the mm-hmm. agent of Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and, and Alan Walsh seems to think that Fleury prefers to be the number one guy and play starts like the number one guy. He called and him the, think, uh, uh, the elastic man. The, yeah. The elastic I mean, man. that's a great name. Call him whatever you will. Like, I, I think he's hot. He's not, like showing any signs of slowing down. Um, Fuck is he good? Play, play him like a play him like a starter. Don't overplay him, and I think that's your formula. Like like don't overthink it. Just play him like a starter. You know, 
if, if you're going to expand it to an 80 game season, maybe play them as if you're playing them 50 to 55 games. You know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of ratio Good is, point. I think is right on point for, uh, for flurry. Um, yep. I but, just don't think like, I don't think that'll be enough to keep him in the race. Cause you look at the Vasilevsky, like you only, you only think he's going to keep getting his starts and, and uh, Grubauer in Colorado. Hey, they have no one else to play. I think this is like a yeah. death sentence for his Vezina trophy. Uh, well, uh, candidacy. I mean, you know what? Flurry's got got a couple cups. I, I'm not sure he's too worried about the Vesna man. I'm, I'm I don't think that's on his mind. I don't think it's on the team's mind. I think they're. Don't they're think just he's worried about his next contract. Factor. I mean, his play will speak for itself whether he gets the Vesna or not. Like everyone knows what he is. He's he's an older, uh, experienced, and still with it goaltender. Like. Yeah, the Vesna will help, but at the end of the day, it's it's just it's just an accolade. It Agreed. might move the uh, needle a little bit, but not too much. This guy's a winner. He's a professional. He'll put the team first always. That's just okay. who he is. And, and the most character goalie in the league. We should yes. add. Yeah. No. It, it, better than better than Joey Decord, might I add too. Yep. Why well, no, did Arizona State? So we can't. Uh, I, we can't give him that accolade. I know. Uh, I love. I love hearing the the flower talk after every game. It's a, he's a great interview every time. He's just a consummate a nice consummate professional. Yeah. Um, and and it's just I love watching their games because the two goalies are so different. Like one guy is so athletic and fun to watch, and the other guy is basically the Michelin Man just standing there. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's a fun dynamic, and I I hope to God DeBoer gives Flurry a few more starts than Leonard, but I have my doubts given uh, where DeBoer stands. I still think he likes Leonard after after all the stuff oh, we saw last year. So that's awful. We will that's see. Aw- we will see. Maybe he's he'll a prove us wrong. Coach. Maybe he's the maybe coach. the lawyer will prove you wrong. Who knows? I don't um, see the logic there whatsoever. To be honest, what in splitting starts. In, in 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 even yeah in even giving Leonard half the starts, I don't see the logic. Rest yeah. is not a factor for you. I don't know. Like I, I it's got to be, dude. Like how old is he? What? How old's Flurry? Thirty six, thirty seven, thirty six. Yeah, come on. Don't tell me rest isn't a factor. It's got to be. I don't know. Like you, I, not, I don't he's know. not. He's not Tom Brady. He's not I, invisible. I, I, as long as you are so upfront and honest and, wow. and transparent about your communication with the goalie, like you're the number one guy, we're going to arrest you for these reasons, then fine. But if the, if for any reason, then I'm going to be upset. Man, that uh, McKinnon play was incredible. I'm just watching it now. Fucking unreal. Unreal. At the blue line, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, dude. Goodness All me. world. All world. Uh, brutal play here, Kyle. First shift of his NHL career, Jamie Drysdale just made a terrible turnover uh, oh. right to oh, Arizona, right. and, they, and they scored. It's one nothing Arizona off a brutal turnover from Jamie Drysdale in his NHL I'll, debut. I'm going to try to brutal. find it right now. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. That's awful, man. Like, uh, and I was going to ask you, uh, like, who, what two Canadian defensemen are making surprise uh, starts today? Makar and, and Drysdale. Oh yeah, that's this, terrible. This man. is not a good look. He does not look uh, ready for this at all. Um, but he was tearing men, up men the against AHL. Boys. Men against boys. Okay. Um, lastly, <laughs> we got a we got a few uh, last ones here. Uh, I want Kyle's thoughts, given he's the only one of all three of us who could potentially pull this move off. Uh, what did you make of the Matthew Barzell Goal of the Year candidate? Disgusting. Oh. 
So good, man. The sauce so good. There. This guy, this guy's like the most talented guy who doesn't put up crazy points, you know? Like it's crazy. He's still like a 60 point pace. He's like yeah, so he, good. See, yeah, the thing is about it, it's like you'll he'll never blow your door off like Matthews and shit like that with the points and stuff like that. But he's like sneaky, very good, you yeah. know. And that goal was just disgusting. Like, oh my filthy. god. I was watching that, like I jumped out of my seat. I'm like, did that actually happen? Yeah. Like insane. That's crazy, man. I, I like, think usually, yeah. He he's the yeah. kind of guy. He's like the last guy you'd imagine on a on an Islanders team run by trots. He's the last guy yeah. you'd imagine, but yeah. somehow it works. I don't get yeah. it, but it's like yeah, they it works turned, somehow. They've turned their season around because at the beginning they were really struggling. Like they were like borderline. Like mm. I'm like, are they even gonna make the playoffs? But that that trot system. He's the only oh, guy boy. that can you know. If you had any other coach coaching that team, they'd be fucking terrible. But trots knows what he's doing. They're number one in the league, aren't they? Close to it, I think. I think Florida. I think Washington, I think Washington like Florida. just beat them uh, the other night, but uh, they're right up there. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Uh, yeah, I hate the way they play hockey, you know, but fuck it, it works, I guess. But see, yeah. here's the thing: like, I feel like if he ever left there, then I feel like he'd put up that point per game pace. We we should become accustomed to. You yes. Know? It's oh, because God, yeah. of his, yeah. it's the lack of supporting cast and it's the system holding yeah. him back. And I feel like if he yeah. just went somewhere else, he's immediately a 90 point player. Yeah. Or close yeah. to it at least. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's, it's Tampa, Washington, Florida, Carolina, <laughs> the Islanders, Vegas, Toronto. Uh, okay. Top okay. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two more topics. Uh, what order do you want to go in Kyle? You want to, you want to, you want to go laugh track or do you want to go Gord Miller? Gord Miller first. Gord Miller first. Okay. Uh, so this was news to me, and then I just heard about it this morning. So I was going to ask Joe more about this because I, I figured of the three of us, you're like the most barstool guy. Like, I feel like you probably listen to most of their content. Um, you know, I could, I could see you watching the pizza reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see you watching those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I so I hope that's sarcasm. So I learned a lot about... Like I just knew the spinning chicklets, but I didn't really know much about like the broader organization. So there's this guy called Dave Portnoy, and uh, apparently, um, Gord Miller was doing a Q and A on Twitter. Um, they asked him if he'd ever be on a barstool thing of like spinning chicklets. He said no. The reason he said no was because he didn't want to endorse a podcast that potentially. Or has it has in the past shown signs of promoting uh, misogyny, rape culture, and uh, racism? And uh, basically, right after that, apparently this Portnoy guy—he's got these hounds of dogs on Twitter—and they all went <laughs> at, they all went on, uh, off on uh, innocent Prime Minister Miller, and uh, and basically they they sounded off on him. And 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 it was funny. I was hearing Gord. He was on Montreal radio yesterday. He he gave his defense. And uh, like right after his Q&A, all these women in the industry were getting back to him saying, oh, my God, so glad you said that. Like, wow, what a guy. And then like at, like he got off a flight from Ottawa and then all the Portnoy st stuff started getting in and it just got ugly. And then, you know, Joe, you mentioned the stuff before the show about his daughter. They were getting her into the fray and, and, and she had to turn off her mentions on Twitter. 
and, oh and, and, and in this God. Montreal, in this Montreal radio interview, he's like, Hey, listen, I, like, I stand by what I said. Like, this is a guy who said that Colin Kaepernick looks like Osama bin Laden. Uh, this is a oh, guy uh, who, who says that a drunk girl who passes out at a party, basically it's a gray area at that point. Um, oh my God. Th- this is a guy who yeah, says, this is a, this is a guy who said a woman at the office uh, will be too ugly too ugly to be on camera in five years. Uh, this is a guy who said skinny girls in skinny jeans deserve to be raped. Um, oh, okay. so in, in his, in his, yeah, in his, in, in his, good. in his defense, he, he claims this is all satire and that's just his sense of humor, but Miller Miller read it another way. So, um, lots to unpack here. I rarely does this like this man. I, I, I always just ta- saw him as like a, he's opinionated, but to get involved in this, I, I was very surprised to see. And, uh, yeah. and I thought, I thought we should talk about it just because he's such a key clog in hockey. I don't think the sport of hockey would be the same with no Gordon no. Miller. So, so yeah. he's in the news. So let the floodgates open. What did you think of this? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll start. I, I see the thing is like, how can you make like, that's not what satire is. Satire <laughs> is like what, like, Saturday Night Live does when they have like a sketch of Donald Trump and satire is like what the Simpsons does when they like make fun of like, you know, American life or American politics, making jokes like that is just offensive and wrong and should never, and like, there's, that's not like comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. no. And if you laugh at that, you have issues, right? Like, of course, like I've, like I've, 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 I do like, I, I follow like some barstool content on the internet and stuff like that. Like I haven't like seen them post that stuff, but I do know, this gentleman Portnoy has passed. He has said things like that, which is absolutely disgusting and in no way should be conceived comedy. At least that's not the type of comedy that normal people listen to. The issue I have is that, you know, these are the same people like this guy goes on like Fox news all the time and complains that he gets canceled. And yet he sends like droves of people after Gordon Miller for speaking his mind. And yet at the same time, Mm. you're saying that's cancel culture. Like, dude, come on. Like you're not being canceled. You're the CEO of a major corporation. You go on the news all the time, you know, albeit right leaning news. You go on the news all the time. You're not being canceled. And like, the thing is like the people that like respond are like, (laughs) I don't want to say like a mold, but like they're typical, like, you know, like Brad and Chad from like, you know, yes. Brad yes. boys that are like going after like a 16 year old girl and stuff like that. And like, you know, like, you know, the spinning chicklets podcast, for example, like I've listened to it before. Like I like Paul Bizanet. I like Ryan Whitney, but it's just like this Portnoy, Portnoy guy. He just, he rubs me the wrong way because like, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows it's going to cause like a controversy. And like some of the comments that I've seen, like from people are like, Oh, Portnoy is twice the man as do Gordon Miller or nobody like, no, Gordon Miller is one of the voices of hockey in Canada. And obviously this resonates because female colleagues are sticking up for him. Right? Like this is a serious issue. He's speaking out on, right. <clears throat> you know, and I'm not going to get too in too much into, you know, like what I, what I think of barstool and stuff like that. Cause like I said, like I, I have followed their content and like, some of like some stuff they have is like objectively like whatever like it's it, it, they, they're trying to be like frat bar humor but they do cross the line a lot and like i just can't condone with some of the stuff that this portnoy guy says and like always people hide behind the guise of like oh well he does like philanthropic efforts like, I mean, yeah like plenty of big corporations do philanthropic efforts it doesn't excuse what they do the Koch brothers do philanthropic efforts all the time it doesn't mean they're good people right and making jokes like that and like that's just objectively wrong in my opinion yeah, no, I agree. And, and I'll just preface by saying, I don't know if there's anyone I like more than Gordon Miller, particularly yeah. paired with Ray 
Ferraro to, to call my favorite game. Like, oh, like, the, the, those two guys, that tandem, one and two? Exactly. And, and you, know, you know what bugs me is, is what I'm seeing online is, is those who are out there saying, oh, who are you, Gord Miller? Like, yeah, no one even like, likes you, you Gord. What are you talking about, fucking yeah. dumbass? Gord is like yeah. the voice of not only TSN hockey, but like, it, for my money, he's the best voice in hockey on a, on a broadcast perspective. It, like, how could you, you can't bring shame, bring shame to this guy's name. And, yeah. and he didn't even take that hard of a stance. He said, I, I don't mind those spitting chiclets guys, but I'm just not going to associate with Barstool. What Which the is fuck? completely fair. They just That's completely fair, fair as hell, That's man. fair as hell. You know? Like, because, you know, like you said, Barstool stands for a certain thing. They try to be funny for a particular audience, and sometimes they cross the line. And he just doesn't want to be associated with that. Totally fair, right. man. Like, what is wrong with people these days? What, why does this this Portnor guy, because he has to get all up in arms because he has to, you know, create some sort of rele- relevancy, some buzz around his name, build his, his brand even more as this controversial figure. Like, I'm just so sick and tired. Like, I don't follow. I don't know about this guy. I don't know much about him. I know his name. I, I followed a little bit, but he's just he's a clown. He's just he wants to be in the spotlight for whatever reason he can. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's lame as fuck to go off after yeah. a Gord Miller for that, you know, he knows for that. Ex- he, he knows exactly the audience he's targeting with some of the stuff he says. And then he knows exactly how to defend his conduct by saying that I'm just going to be a victim of cancel culture. Oh, sure, but, sure. But, but, but dude, like, you know, it sometimes it's not even cancel culture. It's just like what you're saying is objectively wrong. And there's just no place for that in public or on a show. Like it's just those, that's not funny. You know, that, yeah. that stuff isn't funny. Right. Yeah. Post all yeah. the stupid videos you want about people getting drunk and like doing stupid shit. Yeah. Everyone whatever. does that. That's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Like that stuff's fine. But if you're going to make comments that he like, like that, like that, that's not what satire is. Like mm. the definition of satire is not that satire is like poking fun at like politics or, you know, making a mockery of like, uh, you know, institutions and things like that. Jokes like that are not satire in my books. And and uh, and I could be wrong because I don't follow it too too much. But I'm pretty sure the Chicklets guys don't cross too many lines in that regard. Like I don't yes, listen to them enough to know that. Like I I, I just think like Paul Bizanet is like he's like sometimes they're funny like online, but yeah, like I don't. Yeah. I'm like a regular listener, but like sometimes if they'll have like for example like Austin Matthews on, like I'll take a listen. Yeah, you know, I know exactly. Or like Jeff Merrick, like those are ones I listen to. But like, I, I don't know if they're, I think it's just with the specific individual in, in uh, Dave Portnoy. That's the issue with. Exactly. Right? And, exactly. And you know, the, the gutless move of like sending his droves of Brad and Chad's after him and his 16 year old fucking daughter with the muter mentions. Like, come on. Yeah. That's gutless. So gutless. I, I don't know what happened with the whole daughter thing. If anyone knows, I'd love to know the story there. Yeah, so his daughter basically went out and said, like, I, I got like I got a comment on what my dad said. Yeah. Right? And she basically backed him up. And then like the same idiots that were in the mentions of um Gord Miller went to his daughter, not knowing that she was a 16-year-old girl. Oh boy. and like it's just it, it's just terrible. Like I, I I feel for her reading through some of that shit, you know. Uh, yeah. like and right. uh, yeah to me it's it's just you're wrong and then some you of know? the comments against miller were basically they were calling him a homo a fag oh um, yeah. and, like, that's uh, terrible. and 
You're and, throwing your arguments in the garbage at that point. And they would, and they made fun of him for his profile photo where he's making a mask. Yeah, for, for, and he and he responded saying, "Well, yeah. sorry for having a photo where I'm promoting other people wear masks and save lives in public." Yeah, what a fucking not, you know, joke! Joke, yeah. Gord Miller doesn't have to apologize for you know having a brain. That's the thing is, but that's the audience they cater to. It's those type of people that think that, oh, it's a political correct. It's not, it's not politically correct to say that. Or like it's, you know, ma- a mask is a political statement or, you know, saying these harmful words is, you know, it's a violation of, of free speech. You know, like, no, like <laughs> that, that stuff is just objectively wrong to say. You can't say that to people because it's offensive and uh-huh. it's, it, it's derogatory. They're, you know, it, it's not right. You know, there's limits to like what, like not to what you can say, but there's, there's, you know, you could say what you want, but the, the, the outcome of like what affects you, whether it's losing a job or stuff like that, free speech doesn't protect you from that. Right. And uh, for the record, I, I do think the chicklets guy do, I do think those guys deserve to be in another sphere because from what I hear, they are pretty respectful. Like when Pierre Maguire was on their show or Ray Ferraro was on the show, they always do kind of a debrief before they hop on. Like, all right, what stuff you don't want to touch on? What do you want to touch on? What's off limits? Mm-hmm. And like Ferraro was like, hey, guys, like no schlong talk, no schlong talk whatsoever. Yeah. And they totally respected it. And and, and Pierre yeah. had a similar conversation. So I like that. It shows professionalism and in, in them. And and those guys get it. They, uh, I, I feel like those two get it. But the uh, I, I, I can't comment any further on the uh, the, the other guys, the port noise and whatnot. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know n- enough about like him as a person, mm-hmm. but if what you're telling me is true from the comments that you've read about him, like that, that's horrible. Yeah. Like, I just don't think decent people anywhere should be saying that stuff. Sure. Um, okay. Closing topic as uh, tradition dictates the laugh track. Uh, last two weeks have been a little up and down. Started off real well, real well. I think he had points in like five of six games. He had like a four game point streak. He had a beautiful shot on uh, on Mackenzie Blackwood where he went top cheese on him. Um, yeah. Really good stuff. Played on the top line. There was like the first time in a string of two weeks where he was consistently on one line with with Buchnevich and Zabanajad. And Buchnevich, as we call him in is Ukraine. Is it Buchnevich? Okay. I like calling no, him Buchnevich. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and um, no, it looked good. And then he went on a six-game drought. Nothing to speak of. As predicted, once Capo Caco came back, it kind of hurt him. Uh, Chris Kreider was promoted to the top line, so he kind of lost his role there. Now Panarin is back. That's another guy he's had to compete with. So he's now playing with uh, Philip Cheadle and Caco. Um, ha- He's been a little quiet the last uh, couple of games. Had an assist last night, but was more of a garbage assist in garbage time. Um, yeah. So what's what's new, Kyle? Uh, I'll tell you what I what's new from what I've seen is that overtime I chimed in for. Oh, he just looked like a mess, a hot, a, a, a <laughs> hot, a hot Britney mess. It was just. Oh my God. He was giving up the puck. It was, he, he looked scared as fuck. He, he was walking the blue line at one point and Panarin was trying to switch with him. And he like, he lost it in Panarin's feet. It, it got totally fucked. It left the blue line. It was terrible. Like, it looks like his confidence is at an all time low at the moment. But then I keep telling you, I, you keep showing me little, little clips of him joshing with his teammates and, and laughing with his coach. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I'm going to make a hot take right here, right now. 
this guy, this guy is not an athlete. <laughs> That's the one takeaway I have, Nick. He's not an athlete. He's weak and he's slow. He is weak. Like, if you look at the numbers, and I, 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 bef- just today I looked at this. He's got the exact same height as Leon Dreisaitl, and obviously he's a little lighter. But like, really? Yes, yes. He's as big as Leon Dreisaitl. And you wouldn't about, know that though. No, you would not. But he's about twelve pounds lighter. Twelve pounds. But the guy is just—he doesn't win a battle. He he will not get to the open spaces. And then, uh, and then the confidence is hurting bad. It's hurting bad. And yeah. uh, and the, the the string of the string of points there. It show it showed some promise. It showed some promise. Like you showed me that little clip of him skating into the zone. Like we're not getting enough of that. What? What? Why can't we get more of that? Yeah. Like the no stride still needs work. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know what's going on. And and then we'll get bring this up again with Joe. Is is the the Tim Stutzel argument? Of course, it needs to be had because we cater to the fans. Of course, we do. We do. We love the fans. <laughs> I yeah. I pray. I, I mean, how could you not say that Stutzel's better right now? Like, yeah. Oh, there's no question about that. Like, how could you not? Like, I enjoy watching uh, Jimmy Stu play all the time. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's good, he can skate. He's putting. He's likable. He's, got... he's so likable. He's like he's he's just as happy and laughy yeah. as as laugh. But I think Lafreniere is likable. The problem is that you just had such high hopes for this kid that he's letting you down, and yes. now you're upset. Yes. You're an angry man. And now you're, you're I'm starting to hit so angry. Yeah. I'm so angry. And you know what? I've lost the will to watch Rangers games because I just get so disappointed. Oh, no. Say it ain't so. Yeah. Are you starting to smell? Starting no, to smell no, like... no, no, no. That, it's too early for that. But like, really? I'm already writing off the season. And, and he better have, like, I'll tell you this. He, he came into the season. He, well, that's another thing. I'll get into in a sec, but he came into the season unprepared. I'm going to state it again. He came into the season without hitting the weights enough as he should have and without like working on explosiveness. And then I'll say this just to take a little heat off. Everyone early on in the season was all like, oh, look at Jack Hughes. He had a terrible first year and now he's so good. Jack Hughes is still shit. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but his point totals. He's rocking like a 0.5 point he's per game, not, but he but he's coming around. Wow. Uh, okay. He had he had two points tonight, but before that, he had like one point in like eight games. Really nice goal tonight. Yes. 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 So uh, it's not like Jack Hughes is dug out of this hole that we're digging laugh right now. He's not out of the woods yet. That's all I'm saying. Everyone dug him out of the woods early on. He's really not out of it yet. So. I mean, maybe it's a hard league. I don't know. <laughs> no, I seriously, think, I, man. I, I think that point streak, there was kind of like, it was kind of fluky. Like a lot of points in garbage ah. time. Like a lot of like non-meaningful. The snipe was in garbage time. It was in garbage time. I watched that whole game. It was, I turned off the game because I knew they were going to win. And then he got the snipe and I was just like, okay. Like it's kind of these spurts of magic are kind of happening in garbage time. And I'm not seeing the effort, the consistency that I need to see. He still thinks he has the time and space that he did in the queue. Yeah. And 
He's been getting better. He's been getting better as far as processing the game and the pace. I can give him that. Players was that he had high hockey IQ. Does not seem to be translating yet to the NHL. I think he has. He still thinks he has all the time and all the space to create and do what he did in the queue, and it's just not there because the game's faster, right? Right. I want this young man to succeed. I think it would. I think it's great. I, 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 I. you know, I like how he he ended up in New York, like on Broadway. But like he, I don't know. Maybe it's just a weird year. Like hopefully he rebounds. But you know, it doesn't bode well. Like, can you remember the next, like the last time a player was touted to be like this generational and like been this bad to start? Like who? Like what's a I, player? Not Besides, not in my recent memory. Not in my recent memory. Right. So that's the thing. Like maybe he'll just end up to be like a good player. Uh, I know, but then, but then, Joe, like the, the excuses out there are he he hasn't played since March before sure. this NHL season, no exhibition games, like no warm up, like no, like you know, and then rinks were closed down for a while. There are those out there, but then it's like, I mean, how how long can you rely on that? You know? No, oh, yeah, it's, it's, so we're halfway through. The, we're halfway through the season now, and I'm sure fantasy owners like Nick uh, Costu was a little. Uh, upset at his hey uh, nope his- he's still good in the room and i think that attitude okay. is, that attitude has gotten me to first place so uh i'm i'm fine he's he's captaining a first place team just to let you guys know he is the captain of my team and we are first <laughs> as of right now can you tell me what your name means duck it, uh la- what does that duck, mean play on duck larange yeah oh, come on oh, haven't oh. you ever you're not a cultured guy you don't eat, eat this guy like Joe, I, just I don't know what that context, is this guy doesn't eat foreign foods. If it's a foreign food, he does not touch it. He is no, like that's Mr. A lie. He's Mr. That North is a America. Lie. He is Mr. That is Bur- first year. He is Mr. Burger, Fries, Pizza, and Wings. That is what oh, that, that is man first is. year. When are you coming to Kingston so I can make you a bowl of pasta? <laughs> that is first year stuff that Nick is. He is the last. He is the last let of, a, of a worldly man. He is. He is far from a Ralph Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take him to Amadeus when he comes up. You better come yeah, up soon. That'll do him some good. Uh, I, I hope so. I hope that'll so. give him a kick in the rear end. You guys got like what a, a month and a half, and then you're done there, or what? Yeah, I'm sticking much. around. I'm sticking around for uh, for May and June, probably. You're studying for the bar here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think That's so. That's crazy. Yeah. That's sad, though. You know, yeah, last little hurrah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's brutal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, with that. Unless there's any closing thoughts or comments, we've addressed one everything. More. Please, uh, Nash, uh, you have the floor. First of all, you missed a really good chirping match between Bo Byram and Jordan Greenway. Oh, second of all, Colorado's winning the cup. Mm. You know what? You know, Qu- Quinn Hughes gets a lot of hype. Sam Girard, just as no. good as Quinn Hughes. Just saying. It's probably better defensively. Probably. Yep. Probably is. Uh, closing this- thoughts. Leafs Colorado final seven games. Oh, that would be. And lets in a goal from the blue line from Kelly McCarr and the Avs win the cup. <laughs> I wouldn't complain about that kind of final. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. If it made it to game seven, like my heart would be out of my chest. But <laughs> as a Leaf fan, I've come to accept failure. I'm not even going to say they're going to win the cup. I think uh, let's, let's start with winning a round. Hey, that's a good first closing step. thoughts. The team with the gold helmets wins the Stanley Cup. Ooh, and uh, which, by the way, 
By the way, yeah, I gotta, Lacey. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta buy one of these gold tracksuits. DeBoer, he's been walking around town in this gold tracksuit. It's a gold he, Vegas Golden Knight tracksuit. Man, these tracksuits are something else. Was he thinking of Carey from the Sopranos? Yeah, yeah. Like you should see them at practice. They got the gold helmets and the gold tracksuits. I love this team. Love this team. Um, okay, and and I lied, Kyle. Apologies are in order. It was not. Um, Drysdale, who made the turnover, okay. it it was Cam oh, Fowl. It was Cam Fowler. They look very similar, and they both wear number four. That's so, your Drysdale. Don't. That's, that's Apologies your are in order. That's your Drysdale hate coming out. Yeah, he's actually playing really yeah. well. He's actually playing really well, and then they're giving him a lot of minutes here in the first. So there you that's have it. Well, um, you know what? Uh, as a defenseman, he's outscored Quinton Byfield. So. I feel you know. boy I watched one of his goals the other day it was such a fluke he basically came running down the wing fast byfield threw a measly shot into like the chest of the goalie and the goalie just couldn't like couldn't hold it and it just trickled under his armpits and oh, why don't you like give, crazy. Him give him a yeah. chance I've, I've been reading. No, he's getting he's still getting used to life there in Southern California apparently he, he's yeah. never he's never cooked clean dishes or done laundry in his life so he's, he's, just like, lear- he's learning how to do that right now. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's it's more important. He learns the off ice stuff. And, and once that is all said and done, I think he'll be ready for the on ice. He learns to wash his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't put him in the NHL this year. There's right. No so I, I, I read something today out of there. And apparently if the, o- if the OHL season is delayed any further, because we still got nothing, uh, he will be making his debut this season. Wow. There you, there you have it. I wish nothing but success for him. I think he's going to be a great player. He's a good kid. He's wow. going to be great. You guys are lucky to I don't player. know yet. I think the jury's still out, but we'll see I what agree. happens. I think, I think you're going to love him when he gets there. He's could, have had, could have had Stutzle. Could have had yeah. Stutzle. Yeah, but Byfield's the center. You'll like him better. Okay. So you're saying there's a good chance when you look at the, the trajectory of those three players, Lafreniere's potentially third in that grouping. I think Byfield's going to be the best of the bunch. Wow. Are you hearing this, Kyle? He's checked out. He's gone. Okay. Well, if Kyle's checked out, we will check out too. So um, without further ado, thank you for tuning in once again. We thank you once again, Joe, for hopping on. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Anytime. And uh, yeah, we sign off. So until next time, Rink Moose is signing off.